Oh, hello and welcome to a belated Ian Prendercast, another Carlton podcast we brought to you as always by MGA and 121 Media. That pang you all felt over the weekend and early in the week just past, that melancholy, it's because the season's officially over for our Blues, but I think we've got one more record left in us, so what about we crack on? We've managed to secure the globe-trotting Dr. Tim Davis. Uh, fortunately, we had to bump the record back, Tim, because you had uh, double-booked yourself with a 45-minute opening monologue at the Giants' best and fairest. <laughs> uh, but you are here. You have returned from... Where were you? Vietnam. Vietnam. Sean. Incredible war turned that place into a tourist hotspot, but um, we don't ever really talk about that. Put it on the map, literally. Well, it did. And it- then it sparked a curiosity that lives to this day. Well, and it, it is a place that holds a very strong uh, background to our history and, and a chapter um, in the lives of, um, you know, in some of our instances, parents and all that sort of stuff. My, my dad never got conscripted, um, but he was certainly an option. Yep. So um, was Tony. I've, I think I've told the story. You've told that story, yeah. yeah. So um, Lucky you say that he was an option like there at the draft combine. And they were looking at his... <laughs> but Dad's 20-metre <laughs> sprint wasn't quite where it needed to be. No, like, geez, <laughs> Davis he... carves strike again. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if how he's handled that big should we test. Rookie, should we rookie list Davis? I don't know. Because we do have an additional list spot open. How about we just keep the powder dry? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if we can get a better option. Um, but no, no, so uh, look... The fascinating thing about Vietnam, and, and obviously we'll talk footy and whatnot soon. Spawned we'll the, a lot of good music, a lot of good songs. That era, that well, American... Of, of, you know, that whole, the sentiment and or the, the um, basically the effect of the war Absolutely. on well, that generation. And, you know, well, it, was, it was... Well, it was the first war Basically too, recorded think, through song. I think too, was, uh, it was also... Well, it was the era, yeah. The first war as well... Um, that was televised effectively. Well, that's exactly yeah. right. And this is we're not uh, we're not we're not you know recasting uh, the Vietnam War and the like, but it was that fascinating time when um, TV had come about, obviously, and for the first time it was not um, romanticised. The theatre of war couldn't be romanticised. It yep. was the horrors of it were laid bare for the world for to, everyone see. to see. Yeah. Not not live like they are now, hmm. um, but there was less cushion shall we say, between the front line and the lounge room. There was a lot less propaganda. Cause well, you to, couldn't do it. Do you remember like World War One and World War Two? They played in the theatre. Like, yeah, the reels, the serials. Yeah. Our boys. Out of the front line. Yeah. yeah. It was always that. Take that. Take that, Adolf Hitler. Yeah, it's all that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, so yeah, how was well. Vietnam? Oh, look, it was really enjoyable. Are you one of those people who come back and you're like, travel has changed me? Oh, uh, no, no, no. you're no. just like, What? He's, no, no, he's no. travelled so often that it couldn't have changed him. Now we we I've talked before on this podcast a little bit. I've I've got a son who has autism, and uh, amongst a couple of other challenges that he deals with, so um, busy places, lots of people change, um, is really difficult for him. Mm-hmm. So, a, a family holiday once upon a time was Torren needed to fall in line with us, um, come hell or high water and all that sort of stuff. We've grown as a family and we've learnt how to deal with him best. And now it was this time for the first time, it was more about let um, let us follow him a little bit and uh, and let what he is capable of doing and not doing dictate how we go about our family holiday and not try and bite off more than we need to. Yep. Um, and probably the most successful holiday we've had as a result of it as well. And... And there's still that that fine line between, well, this is something that we want to do, but Tyron won't do it. 
he'll stay at home, he'll do something else, mm. we'll do our own thing, or you give him enough forewarning, advance notice, this is what's going to happen, this is how it's going to happen, and he'll be like, okay, cool, on board, let's do it. So there was a bit of growth, personally, individually, and as a family as part of it, but it was a really nice place, and, and, and where we were was beachy, um, and... Um, yeah, there are people that travel to some parts of the world to go to great beaches and all that sort of stuff. There's a couple of very well-kept secrets over there, which mm. I would recommend to anybody, um, which, which was awesome. I wish I should have loaded up the getaway sting. <laughs> Played that. Thank you, <laughs> Katrina Rantry. <laughs> uh, was it Katrina or Catriona? It's spelt Catriona, but yeah, it's Katrina. It's a bit weird, It's isn't probably it? like Welsh or something like that. Yeah, but it's strange. like Sioban. Mm. Siobhan. Siobhan. Mm. Correct. Yeah. Uh, oh. Oh. Well, I wasn't anticipating my sting to come in. I'm not sure how he's handled our exit, Timbo, but he is positively shitting bricks about Collingwood still being alive. I'm not shitting bricks. Uh, well, no, they're not literally bricks. It's it's like the liquid. <laughs> a little maybe. less consistency. Yeah, of a brick, but uh, just, you know, just tell your in-laws, you got your hooks into Kelly deep enough nowadays. You've got two kids. You've been together for two decades. Just tell them to fuck off. It's not so much my in-laws. With the Collingwood shit. It's not so much my in-laws. There's, uh, there's, other, there's other parties who uh, give me the irrits. But, um, yeah, no, no. You, you, do, you do. You tense up a bit when Collingwood gets on a roll. We've experienced it on the text. No, I think a lot. Well, I, I, think more, I think more, more is said about well, that than is Tim. reality. There's... Tim. I would be I would be not displeased for certain people in my life if they were to win, but obviously I'd be more uh, jubilant, shall we say, if the result. Why are was... you tiptoeing around this? No one wants Collingwood to win. What are you talking about? Yeah, well, you know, I have a son. Who... He doesn't. You've said long. You've said time and again. You'll get him back. I reckon we will. But uh, so what do you this, care this gonna, about this, him? This ain't helping. Um, no. Our run. Uh, yeah, but what do you care about whether or not they win then? If you're going to get him back, this is just going to be no, an don't embarrassing care. chapter in his life. It'd just be, you know, well, obviously Kelly. Kelly. Uh, oh, you've said long, you've said many times that Kelly's a. Oh, she can fuck herself, let's be honest. But you said many, many, <laughs> many a time that she's just, uh, oh, you know, if they win or they lose, it's the same. Five minutes post siren, she'll be over it if they lose. Probably quicker. Mm. I am having to put up with a lot of go pies or hot pies. What from her? Just yeah. at home, around the just house. At home. Just her winding you up. Oh, the last the the, the, pre, the last <laughs> month has just been. She just walks around going, "Ah, the baggers, ah, the baggers." It's like I'm no advocate for domestic I'm violence, suplex, but, but I'm going <laughs> to suplex you through those she was, she plantation was close shutters. To being German suplex through the bloody window. Honestly, it was. But that was when we were alive. Yes, I'm saying. But even now, she, every now and then, she'll just go, ah, oh, baggers. We said it, though, at the time. Technically, I think it would be a belly-to-belly suplex because you yeah. want to get the lever, you want to lift her up and then throw her If anyone's her listening to this, going, oh, this is a bit... Uh, there's, obviously, there was a, there's a running joke. I don't know if we've ever said it on pod, but there's this thing between Kelly, myself, and Sean. We were talking about wrestling one day and very, very serious subject matter, but oh, Chris, yeah. Chris Benoit... Unsavoury. There's an unsavoury end to, to yeah. It, look, we won't go into it. Look we, it up. We, I think you... for context-wise, he had a bunch of CTE. He had a bunch of issues, yep. maybe some steroid stuff, the head knocks. Didn't show up to an event. Everyone was like, oh, what's going on? This is unusual. He killed himself, his wife, 
and his son. So and we, no, we were, we were having a serious conversation about this and whatever. Yeah, and I think Sean's. I think it came from you. I think Sean said, but straight face. Sean said, I think he German suplexed his wife out the window. I don't know if I ever said that. <laughs> and I don't know why, but Kelly and I just lost it. It was like <laughs> there's a visual. Yeah, and then yeah, that's why when who was the tackle on Friday night in the prelude, the Collingwood prelude? Yeah, there was some, kind of like a. a a half suplex tackle. Was it on Pendlebury? Oh. I don't remember. We were on the text straight away. It was so long ago, but it was a suplex. It was a yeah, suplex. It was. So. Yeah. Oh, it might have been Brody Mychek, actually. It was late at the very mm. end of the first quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you are right. And, and everybody's like a couple of bits it wasn't, of high, it wasn't high. It wasn't. It was a beautiful tackle. Oh, and, and he if, has, and if he, I he, mean, to execute it, the suplex, you do have to hook the shoulder. <laughs> I mean, you do have to. So we found that funny. But, they, I, but he led with his head, didn't he? Ooh. Oh, he he led with his head, so he's he's denied. Himself this might be all. This this might high. this might, might be my my defense, my opening statement. She, 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 led, with with, she led with her head. Yep. <laughs> While <laughs> saying, "Yeah, <laughs> 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 that's." The judge goes, "Oh well, that's fair enough." Kelly Kelly does. <laughs> she was imitating Stephen Kernahan. She was taking the piss out of sticks. She takes the piss out of sticks. That's not acceptable. Often, and she gets, you know, I tell her just. Anyone but sticks. I respect the great man. So, what, what did she sing? Stand by your man. No, nah, she's like, um, ah, she just goes, ah, skipper. This, this is apparently me. The ah, ah, sticks, skipper. And she then she's like uh, Al Pacino. And then she'll go, <laughs> And then she'll walk <laughs> around the Send house. Of the skipper. <laughs> she'll walk around the house going, rah, 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 rah. and she knows that irritates me. <laughs> and then obviously now she's doing the whole ah, baggers. Ah. But she used to do a thing. This is pre-pod. Tim and I used to debrief on the phone post-game. And I'd be in the lounge room and he'd be in the car. Or <laughs> and she'd be naked. And she'd always run out naked. Tim wasn't in the room. Tim was on the phone. He was on FaceTime. And she would just go, <laughs> the juggernaut, and like <laughs> pretend to take him up. I don't know why. She thought this is going to irritate him. But, uh, yeah, she's weird. <laughs> <laughs> she, she might need psychiatric assistance in yeah, some small but, way. But Sean, I'll I'll give you the heads up. Wives are like you've got to find a woman who just has just enough like eccentricity mm. and. Mm. Well, I suppose like, it'd be boring without it. Well, it's, and uh, that's exactly it's right. It's like um, when you, when you strip all the layers of the onion away, you're mm. always you're always like. And Elise is the most lovely woman you'll ever meet mm. in your life. But every now and again, there's just a little bit of. Fun and cray cray underneath everything else, it's, and you have a laugh, you, and you need it. So it's wedding, it's wedding from? crashes. It's she's fucked up. You're right. He she's likes that. He, he, so am I. You know, he <laughs> loves the fact. Like at the start, he's like, you know, we're going to stage five clinger here. We're going to, you're going to help me out. And then towards the end, he's the one who he gets married first. Mm. He's like, nah, there's something about this crazy. Well, little of course, woman. that's a pod first pod stable. The old Baba Ganoush. That's of course go. where it exactly came from because right. yeah. we obviously long ago speculated that Fab maybe took a little bit too much from Vince Vaughan's performance <laughs> in Wedding Crashes and has maybe modelled himself. Fabian Vuadagnolo. Some, somehow modelled himself on the great Vince Vaughan. Um, not old school Vince Vaughan. It was new, new school, school Vince, Vince Vaughan. Vaughan. <laughs> uh, you win to Keaton, motherfucker. <laughs> and his drummer's like, what? <laughs> we had him. Brilliant. 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 Got a hand down a, down, down a pants at 40 deuce. <laughs> yeah. You would know that if you'd seen the show, Tim. But, um, is that an entourage? It is. Yeah. It's We've very watched early the first, entourage uh, too. first two episodes. We, uh, Elise and I have made a start. You know what the funny thing about that is? What? That show aired legitimately 19 years ago. That's yeah. okay. Had a, a cultural, had a little bit of a run there. 
Yep. You've managed to completely ignore it and avoid it. I haven't watched Game of Thrones either. So I've seen bits of it. Yeah, I watched the first seven episodes and I'm like, oh, it just. We I'm spoke, not saying it wasn't good or whatever. It just it wasn't. Well, for it me. has to capture you. We've spoken and, about this. Before. You can be having a bad week, a bad day, and go. I just. I, it doesn't have me. Yeah. So. We've spoken about this before. I know we have. Breaking Bad. Mm. Apparently fantastic. And I've got every confidence it's amazing. Mm. But I just didn't get around to it in the first instance. And then by the time everyone was like, you got to watch it, you got to watch it, it was like five or six seasons in. And I was like, that's a fucking lot to... Uh. Well, I, I still tell the story. I worked late at GR. And I know night. what happened in the... I know what happened. So yeah. it's sort of like... Mm. Oh. And, and I was driving home late and on SEN, I think it must have been SEN, they had uh, Lee Patch or whoever Lee Patch, it was, it was a regular. Yeah, and he... On uh, uh, Marco and the Ox. Yeah, yes. and he goes, oh, there's his show. What a fuck up that was by your oh, management. Oh, exactly. But they, um, <coughs> they basically said, high school chemistry teacher learns how to cook meth and it's the best stuff you're ever going to see and it just... And my father-in-law... It was a high school chemistry teacher, <laughs> so it was Johnny Mark. Now so, one of the biggest fentanyl dealers yeah, in the country. Oh, the planet. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it just... Shout it, out to Johnny Mark. Shout out to Johnny Mark. But it was, it was so close Who to Johnny go for? A big fan? Who's Johnny go for? Who's his support in the AFL? Johnny, I actually felt for Johnny this week, or this past week, Johnny bought his house because it was number 31. The only reason he wanted the house. Ronnie Barassi. And, and you walk in the door, there is a portrait of Ron Barassi, a big, big Melbourne supporter. So, yep. um, yeah. So, and, and like, obviously. You know, I mean, mate. Oh, we, we can't back over. He's you know, what's 90 odd years old. What did oh, you yeah, think he no, was no. going to live forever? It was a terrific innings. Terrific innings. And um, I think he was only like 84, but anyway. I think it was. Yeah. But 84, 87. Whatever. One or the other. Yeah. But like, we watched the Melbourne. Carlton game together, and at least barracks for Melbourne, but she's not a big supporter. And so ultimately, the result that we had, she said to me afterwards, she said, well, it's far better that Carlton won because you're going to appreciate it more than what I am. So See that, Timbo? Kelly was trying to compare her love for Collingwood with my love for Carlton. I How said, does her podcast go? And it's like, on, on the I said, no, Kelly, <laughs> I said, Kelly, don't ever put it on par. I said, I live and breathe this shit. I emotionally, I get physically ill. Did you say this as you were standing right. over her when she'd gone through the plantation shutters? Right. <laughs> She's on the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you couldn't name, who did you play in the qualifying final? This is, this is when I had this conversation. So it was a week had passed. She had no idea. Yeah. She goes, Sydney? I said, no. No, no. No, we, that was the Blues. That was us. We played Sydney. She goes, shit. <laughs> Damn it. Gee. 17 other teams. <laughs> Ah, uh, I'm surprised she didn't say, like, Caroline Springs. Yeah. You're like, you idiot. <laughs> oh, it's name four Collingwood players, Kelly. This is the Bill Burr. Yeah, she'll be this like... This is the Bill Burr. Name your, top, name your top five Collingwood players of all time. Uh, oh, she's got one. Bucks. 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 Big Bucks fan. Kelly, she, no, Pendles. I reckon like, she would have been a big, um, a big Didac fan back in the day. No, no, no. That was the era. Kelly skipped that entire era because... Swanee? We were... When you kind of finish... High school, like I, I kind of get this too, like, and you find love and all that stuff, and you kind of you got you, freedom, you know, you got your driver's license, you could do other things, yeah. Especially for Kelly, like she had a lot of other things in her life that she couldn't give a raw toss bag about football. She had fab, she had her rock. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, she had me, rock, rocky, <laughs> <laughs> rock like <laughs> the rock lobster. And, uh, and she was just thinking about what the next 30, 40, 50 years of her life would look like. And the regret. <laughs> <laughs> I was just washing over her. 
I'm so filled with regret. I can't concentrate on football right now. So, uh, <laughs> guess is this it? Is this as good as it gets? Oh. I've been sold a dud. <laughs> That's my mammy. <laughs> hey, mammy. <laughs> what is a, oh, bust you bust in the head. your head with a rock. <laughs> What is that from? It's, I can uh, see it. Transformers, the first one. It's one of the most. Oh, it's one of the yes. most incredibly out of place jokes in any movie <laughs> of all time. Where has it come from? Like, what was it even in the script? Probably not. And it's the. It's pretty much the only laugh in the five films. That, yeah. Like genuine laugh. Hey, hey, mammy. mammy. That's, like, that's my mammy. <laughs> she goes, like, "Fuck you." <laughs> she, she sticks her finger up at him. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Excellent stuff. Great work. Great work as always. Uh, Leonard Pooley, a memorial Prenda DJ. Now, uh, last week's Prenda DJ was the wonderful slice of early two thousands pop electronica. Man, it's so loud in here. By they might be giants. Pop quiz. They might be giants had a song that featured in the opening credits of a popular sitcom. Was it Malcolm in the Middle? It was Malcolm in the Middle. Excellent work, Tim Davis. Uh, very, very good show, Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, I loved it. I, yeah. I, uh, well, again, Breaking Bad. You do you rem- like? Do you remember when that when that turned up? I think it was two thousand. Because we would always. It's not like today, but like the show would have to be a hit in America, and then one of the networks would buy it. Yeah. So the show had to kind of make waves in Channel America. Channel Nine bought it. Channel Nine bought it, and then it was like, here comes the next big show, Frankie. Munez, yeah. not to be confused with Santiago Munez, of yes. course, not related. Um, not made, listener. <laughs> made, made his way all the way to Real Madrid, couldn't kick the football. But anyway. Con- uh, confidently or competently, no. Yeah. Um, fucking what a player though, what an impact player Santiago Munez was. Yes. Would come off, on, on the ground, sorry, and he would score within 30 seconds. That's it. I don't know why they didn't just, he, he why even start him? No. Just say, mate, you're going to come on because every time you come on. You score. You score. I don't know what's happening. Um, it, was the, it was shades of that bloke from uh, Cameroon back in the day, the 40-year-old... Uh, Roger Miller. Roger Miller, yeah. Could, oldest could oldest Roger. goal scorer in World Cup history. Italian 90. M-I-L-L-A, if I'm not wrong. Did the celebration of the corner flag? Yes. The Coca-Cola ad, maybe? That I'm not remembering. Definitely the little samba-type dance. Jeez, I had fun. The, were they the indomitable Lions they, or was that Ghana? They played, they played England. Argentina. England, England knocked them out? David Platt? Potentially. But I remember they played Argentina, who were the reigning champions, in the opening game. Wow. Um, and they get the win and end the game with nine men because they are on a hack fest. <laughs> <laughs> they're out to break some they're famous. Out, they're like, these are the world champions. And this is our first World Cup or whatever it was or, or you know, first World Cup in a while or, or what have you. you know. So did Cameron win the game? Yeah. Why they, do they won it yeah. with nine men on the field. Yeah. Get a, got a bit agricultural. And yes. uh, it was like, you look like you got some skill. Don't come near me. Yeah. <laughs> Next I'm going to end you. going to end you. No, very well said. Now, Malcolm in the Middle was actually interesting just before we get off that, just spitballing. It was such a fascinating show because it actually kind of um, – it sort of ushered in this new era of sitcoms where it was kind of like less glossy and a bit more real life, a bit more raw and yeah. a bit more sort of like, uh, like the, the family dynamic and the way the characters would all talk to each other. It was sort of like the natural evolution of something like Seinfeld had taken the sheen off the eighties family comedy and was really kind of like, 
like bitter and cynical. Absolutely. Like and the, the, Malcolm... mo- the mother role oh. is absolutely, and like the way she'd look at you, I don't know whether she had the slightest of lazy eyes, but she'd look at you and it was like she was looking right through you. <laughs> and she just, she, she was hanging on to reality by an absolute thread, that woman, and I loved her for it. And, and the, her relationship with the husband was just phenomenal. Yeah. <coughs> he was just sort of the, the, the well-meaning. Just... And, and and just, if you can just humour me for a moment, do you ever remember the episode where he went roller skating and was in the full lycra? Unbelievable. He won a macrame plant and your, and my mother, your mother's <laughs> heart all in one night. But, the, but to have that character and, like, have an actor so good to be able to deliver that the bit where cheese, he turns it where... And, and then he becomes... He breaks bad and becomes like it is the acting and the capability of doing what he has been able to do through it's, his body of work is remarkable. It's one of the all time great moments where Malcolm asks him, I think, because he asks his older brother about the roller skating thing, and he's like, No, 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 they don't like don't do it. And then he, Malcolm asks Hal, and Hal does the, the turn to camera, and the, everything goes really dark. Yep. And he goes, Once you start down the path, there is no leaving the path. <laughs> And then Malcolm's like, yeah, I think I want to do it. He goes, great, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> um, no, he, he was unbelievable. And it's like the depiction of the middle class was like painfully real. Yeah, correct. In, correct. A, in a good way, like in this way of – and when you think about it, that's who's watching the show. Exactly. That's who it's made for, yeah. And, you know, no, no laugh track as well, which was yes. um, not uncommon, but sort of started, you know, Scrubs was doing it, um, 30 Rock would do it, and all these shows would then The Office, obviously. It sort of was one of those first shows to kind of move away move from away the from classic, um, you know, single camera, but the classic studio audience. Here's the laugh track. Here's where the jokes are. This is where you're going to laugh, mm. which is ballsy. Yeah, yeah. Um, fucking good show. I think, I think from memory, it had some issue with music licensing, which stopped it from being on DVD. Gotcha. It, I could be completely wrong. I know that was an issue with Freaks and Geeks, um, but at that time, DVD wasn't a thing, so. To license it, to release it on DVD, it was this weird thing where it's, we don't have any of the music, so what do we do? And now I think, I'm pretty sure it's on Disney now, so they obviously resolved it, but it was just that curiosity that it kind of came out in between VHS and DVD, and the market and the, the, the Hollywood landscape hadn't adjusted for one, and it sort of stopped it from becoming a, a home, what do they call it, box set yeah. Home video. And, and its music was one of its absolute strengths. Yes, too. exactly right. And then to go back in time and relicense stuff can be fucking expensive. Yeah. Um, anyway, the theme was that, you know, uh, there was a wonderful crowd in for the semi final. It was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> that was the theme of Man It's So Loud in Here, which was wonderful stuff. I'm so sorry to the people who got it. Can I just it. circle back quickly? I didn't actually the, note down who got it right. The theme of the opening game of the World Cup in 1990 follows through to the final, which ruins it. Nessendorma? Um no, that no, that was the musical theme for the British coverage. But um, Argentina get sent players sent off in the final, too contentiously too, a couple of them, and uh, it ruins the final. The final was just basically a a ball fest because Germany just controlled the game too easily. Yeah. Well, Germany aren't interested in you enjoying the match; they want to win the World Cup. Yeah, that's they're not interested in entertaining process. Young Fabian Guardiola. That, that was the last. Tournament they played in as West Germany. That's exactly it was right. the Reformation. We spoke about it recently. David Hasselhoff got mm. up on the wall and yeah. said, "Enough's enough." Speaking of the Hoff, looking for freedom. They are the shorts, Sean. The flamingo shorts. The flamingo the, shorts. The They're on outrageous get-up. I yeah. think were the words used mm. the other day. You you accompanied that with a Kobe Bryant singlet, which I wore in Vietnam as well. Which I wore in the first few Hairy days. Hairy shoulders on display or t-shirt under the singlet. 
No, 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 T-shirt under the singlet. Okay. It, we, we were in a public place. I thought, was he brave enough to just go singlet, shoulders out? It was Feb, like first week of Feb, it was Super Bowl. But uh, yeah, no, he had a, he had a T-shirt underneath his. Did I really? Yeah, you did. It's a relief. Got a photo. Um, we're in a photo, an official venue photo. Would make sense. <laughs> it wasn't Sporting Globe South Marine. It was yeah, Sporting Globe South Marine. I don't get invited to these anymore. Yes, you were. Um, you lot. That on. is a that is a coalface lie. Did you see? Uh, yeah, I finished the round at whatever. Do- Dolphins number one. We don't care about the Timber, power rankings. Your Tim. power rankings. Um, they, they scored seventy. I, you, I know they did. Did you see the? <laughs> Reverse no look shovel pass touchdown. No, 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 no. I'll I'll have to catch up. I What's, didn't. Why are the Broncos so shit? Because their coach is a moron. Okay. <laughs> no, no, he's getting he's getting everything coming back to him. Like you can hold an opinion. He went very hard on Nathaniel Hackett that he wasn't good enough and all this stuff because Nathaniel Hackett, for context, for people who don't follow the NFL, was the head coach. Of the Denver Broncos, first yep. time head coach, yep. right? And he was a bit—he's a bit eccentric and a bit thing. And I don't think he handled it well. And old mate, um, can't think of his name at the moment. Payton. Sean Payton. Yep. Sean's mate Payton. Um, Payton Manning. Sean um, Payton Manning. Sean Payton went in, kind of, you know, studs up, double footed, and it was a bit you like know, he was playing for Cameroon. Tell you know. <laughs> and. Um, and now he's kind of getting a bit of his own back. And mind you, Nathaniel Hackett's gone on to be the quarterback's coach at the New York Jets. And probably says everything was... Quarterback looking... coach, New York Jets. If anyone gets that reference, tweet me. No. Is this... Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. You got it? It's uh, Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. Um, Bang. So, yeah, and uh, obviously he spent the entire preseason thinking, I'm going to have Aaron Rodgers Aaron at my Rogers. disposal, who lasted three plays. and then, That's a tragedy, isn't it, really? That's one. Like, usually when you see Achilles injuries get done, like, you see it from a distance, whatever, and you think, oh, yeah. But this, you could actually see the whole thing just reverberate. It, coil it, up. It, it, yeah. It, yeah, it wobbled, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was horrible. You know, it was, yeah, it's, it's so... I don't think we spoke about it on pot. I think it was on the text. Classic NFL style. He's either rolled his ankle. He's either broke his ankle. He might have an Achilles. Yeah. You're going, stop guessing. Hold on. Yeah. We'll, we'll go to... Just uh, shut up. One of them on the boundary line. We'll call it... It was probably Pam. Pam on the... Uh, yeah, his question... Pam or, or Pam? That's Pam Gibson, isn't it? <laughs> get no. Pam Oliver. Saying Pam, Pam with a D? Pam? <laughs> What's that from? Stepbrothers. <laughs> 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 And she's like, oh, yeah, he's questionable to return. He's fucking not walking for a year, mate. Just uh, He's questionable to return next year. The best was the analysis that was given to my mate Derek Rose in the aftermath. Amazing. He's questionable for game two. He's he's probably not going to play again for two years. He's ruptured his ACL. (laughs) What are you talking about? He's out for the rest of the – he's questionable. Questionable. Yeah. Which means there is a chance that he will play. So you're (laughs) telling me there's a chance. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Reviews time. Are no reviews. We can move on. But if you do listen and haven't left us a rating or review, please do wherever you do listen to the podcast. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. On to the show proper now. Time to take stock, gentlemen. It feels weird to be having this conversation five, six days after the game. We're, I think we're relaxed, if nothing else. Um, 
be disappointed, be melancholy, be a bit flat about the result, um, but not for too long. This, this felt so far away just three and a half months ago, and by this I mean the feeling of togetherness, the feeling of optimism around the footy club, the feeling Momentum. of euphoria, mm. euphoria, the feeling of genuine hope, you know, founded hope. Um, in the second half of the season, this team reinvigorated the football club and the fan base. Um, they shifted decades' worth of derision and mocking and negativity that's been lumped on the footy club. And let's not forget, in the disappointment of losing a preliminary final, they gave us some of the best moments fans have ever seen and some of us have seen for 20 years. They yeah. they took us back in time. So. To both of you, you know, this isn't a time for scapegoats. This isn't, isn't a time for crime scene forensics, you know, what ifs or what might have been. Um, for me, this is a time for pride and the story doesn't end here. I That's think, the key. Isn't I it? think it's this yeah. thing of, you know, we speak a lot about movies and we have a bit of fun with our Prendercast handle, but this is one of those let's, let's make the sequel better. Mm. I think that's my takeaway, but what do you two think? How do you take stock in the immediate aftermath of season ending for me there was never anger um the overriding emotion i had initially for the first couple of days was just disappointment because you, you, obviously you wanted the the ride to continue you don't you don't want didn't want it to end but i pride was always going to be the overwhelming emotion that was to prevail and it hasn't really hit this week as I think it will in weeks to come. I think when, I, when you reflect on the season, you, you just go, as Sean said, from where we were to where we are, and there's always been this optimism around, oh, they've got the list, Carlton. They've got and it would, the But it ability. would be pressure too. It would be, mm. it'd be and not, I'm not potting mm. any of the, the pundits, but the, the thing would be, this year's the year they make waves yeah. or they make the eight or this year's the year they've got to make mm. the finals. And it wasn't putting um, pressure on us in a like nasty way, no. but it was sort of like an mm. expectation from it. Joey Montagna right. would say, I think Nick Rewalt said it, just this is the year, this is the year, you know, I reckon this is the year they... It, it, it's or, right. Or, it's... Organic growth says it happens. Like and, and, and it happens just by doing everything that you've always done. That's the next logical step. But... And, and the challenge was emotionally and mentally we needed to be up for the fight. And for a little while it appeared that we weren't. And I think we probably marginally questioned the list. We, we questioned where we were tracking because we'd long we'd, – we've been saying it for eight years. This is the list that is going to take us to where we want to go. Mm. And, and and not every draft, not every turtle makes it to the sea. It's very true. You know, you were going to try and tack on ability and talent to what we have, and we're trying to rise towards the ultimate goal. And this year, it looked like it had sputtered, and we were failing the test. So, excellently, very well said. I'll post it to the two of you, and I, I, a few people have said this, but I, I, I turned to Dad, you know, the game had sort of reached the point where you just, it wasn't over yet, but you sort of went, ah, oh, like that's... It's yeah. over. Yeah. Siren hadn't gone, but I said to him, you know, we left the MCG on King's birthday eve, beaten by six goals by the Bombers, 
absolutely putrid. Yeah. And it was the Nadia. It was the lowest of the low. Well, couldn't get worse. And and not just because it was Essendon, but mm. just the performance was help. another performance that was yeah. not good enough. If you had, had a major injury or something like that, and but, you had a reason, you could go. But we turned up to him, and the, like I think we laid something ridiculous, like twenty-eight some tackles. It was yeah, ridiculous, yeah, and we yeah. were just beaten up and run all over the top of. And I said to him, "If somebody, if old mate uh, Rufus from uh, Bill and Ted, George Carlin, materializes, we're walking back to the car and said, you got to lose a prelim in Brisbane by sixteen points.' And you're going to be up by f- you're gonna, you're gonna no, no, but no, no, just five, go. You got to lose yeah. a prelim in Brisbane by sixteen points. You just go. You're fucking insane. Yep. Yeah. Who's, who's this weird guy? Lay off the just drugs. Going, you are insane. And no, I don't know what Wild Stallions is. <laughs> but I said to him, I go if Lay leaving leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving King's birthday eve, that was awful, and it was the culmination of an awful run where we were comfortably playing um, relative to on the curve relative mm. to expectation. We were comfortably playing the worst football in the league. Yep. Um, and quarter time of Gold and Coast the quarter time the of Gold Coast. I spoke to Mark Evans a couple of weeks ago at a thing, and and I said to him, um, like, you guys should have been further up. I, I think they were 10 points up. Yeah, you probably should have been three or four goals up yeah, at ben, quarter time. Ben Ainsworth bottled a couple. I'm well, your man. of it. Um, and then <laughs> after quarter time, we got on the run. We kicked the nine or 10 goals for the quarter. Nine. And 13 straight. That really sparked whatever came next. But for me, look, I won't be hard on the group. Uh, I thought it was an absolutely mighty effort to get ourselves to this point. And ultimately, we were outclassed on the night. Um, we spoke about it last week. Obviously, you weren't with us, Tim, but... Look, if you get beaten by a better team on the day, they're just better than you on the day, then you tip your lid. Well done. Too good for us. And I thought in the end, um, you know, there was obviously, I think, a little bit of stuff about, I don't think anyone verbalised it, but Dad mentioned someone, someone had said, oh, someone had tipped the Lions by 50 points or something. And I went, that could happen. Yeah. Mm. That's a possibility. Up there, how do we go? How does the game pan out? You know, et cetera. I guess, yeah, I mean, it's a possibility. To only lose by 16 points is really meritorious. I think the one thing that it proved, Sean, is there's a formula to winning premierships, making grand finals, and you need to be better for longer. And what this season has absolutely proven for us is your best football is terrific. Yep. And you're capable of stringing wins together and not having the bad week here and the bad week there, or, oh, we didn't quite turn up and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Mentally, we need to be stronger. And and I think I think we look ourselves in the mirror now and we understand who we are, what we can do, how good we can be. And you have to – you can't come out in our first four weeks of the year. And as we said, we've always said we were three and a half wins, but we weren't playing great footy. We've got to come out game one and, and we will – we will introduce Adam Uze to football with a 50-point thrashing. We, well, have to, we have to do it. He says this every year. Mm. Fitty. Every year he <laughs> no, says no, this. He's fitty. I said it once, and it came true. It did. It was yeah. Bulldogs. Yeah, it was fitty. <laughs> and, and it happened, and I went, okay. Yeah. So now we just use it. It's just fitty. It's become but, thing. But we have to it, – it's the line in the sand element where we have to put wins on the board. We've got to build momentum into the season – We've got to bank wins. We've got to find ourselves into a position. We don't want to be playing thirteen elimination finals. That's and 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 you know, leading you, into a prelim. It's a classic. It's a classic. You know the soccer running every year. Every week's a cup final. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like you're playing fucking Plymouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just relax. But but that ultimately was what we left ourselves 
we had to go. We had to go to the Gabba. Roy Keane, uh, Yorval. Yorval. We 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 had to play at the Gabba, which they they haven't lost all they haven't lost there all year. Do me a favour. <laughs> That's just sorry, Tim. That was so. Roy Keane's stock like dismissive team was Yeovil. Yeah. So if he's trying to make the point, he would always he would just revert to Yeovil. Yeah. And I think at some point Yeovil were like, why? Yeah, why us? Because <laughs> he did it more than once. Yeah. When he's referring to his teammates, he goes, oh, I don't play for Yeovil. In other play, words, my... play for Man United. <laughs> not play for Yeovil. Play for Yeovil. <laughs> <laughs> there must have just been that team growing up. His, his old man would have had a crap. It, it, it'll it's be like, his old man's words. It's like Yeovil. <laughs> yeah, but they were sort of like, well, I don't, why? It's like me, when I have to refer to a league when I'm like in AFL parlance and I'll, I'll always go the Diamond Valley I, yeah. Nathan Murphy he's, he's a Diamond Valley footballer yep like that's just where shout I out go. to our friends in the Diamond Valley <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah no but ultimately the point is I me personally I, I think I think they're going to play the grand final tomorrow and yeah, Brisbane is, yeah. whether really? you think no, that no, or not Tim, but they <laughs> no, are in the grand final tomorrow. that is correct and Brisbane will come out and they're just going to win and and I reckon I reckon they could they could win by fifty. I, I think they'll win by about four to six goals. I'd be like that Arsenal fan when Overmars scored at Old Trafford. If the Lions won by fifty, I'd be there cheering it on like I'd be frothing <laughs> at the mouth. Him I'd be frothing with, at the with mouth black like, and white stripes on I'd his be, face. I'd be frothing at the mouth like Cujo. If I think for the Premier League twentieth anniversary or something, they interviewed him. He didn't look as psychotic in the interview. But that's the power of football. If yeah. anyone knows, Ash Gallagher will know. But if anyone out there knows. Oh, we've spoken about it. I'm gonna, like, we actually speak about it later. Overmars scores the goal at Old Trafford, which effectively wins them the league in 98. Yeah. Um, and they, I think they had a game in hand or maybe two games in hand, but they drawn level with United on points. And to be fair, we don't want to rewrite history here, but I mean, United did have a few injuries, yeah. which had caught up with us. Ryan Giggs was fucked. Yeah, Roy boy. Keane was fucked. Yeah. Uh, I think Schmeichel might have had Roy a problem. Roy Keane did his knee. He wasn't fucked. He but like he was, you know, so let's be fair here. If we didn't have those injuries, would have won again, by the by. But the, the euphoria of this, this Arsenal fan, years. this euphoria of this <laughs> Arsenal fan in the crowd kind of perfectly captures what sport can turn can you into. Yeah. In, like this. He looked like a raging psychopath. Oh, can yeah. you please find this for me? Because I need to watch this later. I reckon if you go to your uh, Giphy yeah, on your text message, it'll be there. Yeah, okay. it's, it's probably something that I've seen a million Fab times. will bring it up. It's unbelievable. But, but yeah, ultimately, I think Brisbane will prove tomorrow that they have been the stand alone side for the whole year. I think they've played the best football by some distance. Um, but there's this narrative of they can't win at the MCG that people have had the asterisk on them all year um, that ultimately when they win, they'll go, oh, yeah, well, what, once we knew they could win there, they were always going to win. But for us to have to travel there in a preliminary final at a ground they haven't dropped one all year, um, that's, the, that's the toughest task at the in moment, football yeah. right now. We've led them by five goals. We've started great. The problem was when the game changed, we couldn't change you with can, them. And Brisbane proved this as well. You can score so quickly at the Gabba. That's and, exactly and it right. sounds funny, like all the cockheads, like, you choked, uh, you choked. Uh. You can score so quickly at the Gabba. Yeah. You know how I know? Because we scored five goals in 18 minutes. Correct. Exactly If right. we can do it. And, and this is the thing. If we they were, sure as heck can do they it. They can do it. If we were 30 points up at the 10-minute mark of the last quarter. And lost. And lost. We might have choked. But yeah. You can't choke at the eighteen minute mark the of the first quarter. quarter. It doesn't too much it doesn't time. work that way. And and again, I think you you articulated it perfectly. Excellent. That, that, I like where this is going. That when all of the opposition supporters wanted to bait us and go, Ah, oh, you're fucked up, you're fucked up, and you're going, 
we won two finals. Like the season has been amazing. We've what about played... the Collingwood fan, Tim? Oh, <laughs> choked a five goal lead in the final. Who go? 2018 Grand Final Chief? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, you yeah, nuffy? Yeah, no, and, um, and, and look, it, all of the supporters that were taking delight in seeing us lose were the ones that were shitting their pants that they're saying, this side looks like a team of destiny. And and it, it took me a while to come around just because I, f- I felt like something special was happening. Um, and so when we lost, it's like, ah, oh, shit. This is the problem with Collingwood fans. Genuinely relieved to not be playing us, but they're yeah. playing a team they haven't beaten in three or four years. The last and you're sort six of going, straight. doesn't make sense, boys, but whatever you do, you, you're yeah. petrified of playing us. Yeah, correct. Um, so we've, we've asked this question a few times and we've kind of got back to back. Are you showing him the gif, are you? Oh, I, I shared it to the, like I can see, was for smooth. Oh, Jared Goff, big play. Uh, for smooth entry into the AFL Grand Final tomorrow, download the latest version of the Ticket Tech app. Oh, here we go. David Guadagnolo. It's the, it's, that's the classic. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's the classic image. Iconic, I went to school with that bloke. <laughs> unless you're in uh, London, maybe not. Yeah. The classic, uh, one of the most iconic images from the first 10 years you of the League. might have had the first goal. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Just was, was, was $800,000. Was betting, I don't know, in 98, like, like was it that detailed? Oh, nah, they probably didn't have the spot. What do they call it? Exotics? Yeah. Is that yeah, what they call it? Yeah. Um, I like it how like we call it. Whenever I we hear call the word it, exotic, Joe Exotic. No, I think of. I'm into something slightly more exotic, like where you're from. <laughs> <laughs> really, Shropshire. <laughs> oh, wonderful! I think it was a Macona rat or something. It was. It's exactly what it was. Oh, because we call it Maltese. I think yep. in the UK they call them Ackies or Ackers, mm. Ackies accumulators. Oh, I think they're yeah, called. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then they're parlays. Yeah. In yeah. the US. Well, just, it always used to be parlay at the TAB. I never understood what it was. And when just, I worked out what it was, it was like, holy shit, how long has this been going on? <laughs> how long has this thing been going on? <laughs> I did this, you know, they did like the, the, the perspective zoom in on Tim, the eyes getting real wide. Yeah. I could fucking bet on more things. I, I, I had a six-leg multi on the races on the weekend <laughs> and got every... You need a sting next season. Got uh, every leg in bar cha-ching, one. Oh, cha-ching. Tell everyone the, the story about me getting every leg except for the one you tip you gave me. I think we did you tell got that, beaten in the nostril. I didn't care. Got beat. Got beaten. Don't care. Um, it didn't, get, get, it didn't just, get beaten for first. Got beaten for third. I don't but care. I, if I it got Zach beaten Butters. by a ball hair. <laughs> got beaten. I backed Zach Butters to win the Brownlow uh, preseason, mm. and only had twenty on him at two hundred and fifty-one dollars. So I was watching, you know, the Bra- Brownlow was, tracker. I always thought he was up against it early, only because you need the sighter. Well, and that's exactly right. When need, I, I went back in hindsight to see how many Brownlow votes that he got across his career, and the answer was like nine. Mm. And and I've gone, that's that's not the formula. And he needs the playing very very good football early in the year wasn't rewarded. Yes, but then maybe got some back later in the year. Correct. When when the umpires realised this yes. is one of the Jets, yeah, the they're now onto him. Who are we talking about? Uh, Zach Butters. Oh, Zach. You know, but, my favourite Zach Butters moment of all time is the Mitch McGovern Mitch run McGovern down tackle, burying him. Yes. And I, I, can't, half. I can't find that one either. That is one of the greatest tackles of all time. Oh, it's phenomenal. He, he just absolutely there's a there's a train coming through. He fucking poleaxes. Well, him. it's in um, that's why in I the love Spider-Man this. movie when uh, Doctor Strange hits him and his spirit comes out of his body. <laughs> it is a bit, isn't that, it? That that actually happened. Is that yeah, butters? <laughs> he's, I like that. That's I I to me when you think of that, I think of Liam Stocker getting Brody Meyer check. Yeah, you know yeah. what's you know, the best part about that. 
Is he still there? No, he's still in a crumpled heap. <laughs> no, the best part about that was because it was an empty arena match. It was a bit like the Rock and Mankind uh, halftime heat at the Super Bowl. Um, because it was an empty arena, you heard the... Yes. Yep. On the effects mic. See, I wasn't at the... an empty arena, but I heard that noise when Brendan Crummel got hit by uh, Byron Pickett. <laughs> you had his skeleton and I, and I And I, I looked at my cousin Michael and I said, I think he's killed him. I, I, I heard that with Jared Malloy playing an under-17 versus under-18 Victorian the D9. team. D9. Yeah. Kingers was playing in the under-18 team. Malloy was playing senior footy at Box Hill. Yeah. And um, some young kid, like he, he came charging out and a kid's got him going the other way and just flushed him. Um, and he, yeah. He took a specky over me <laughs> at lunchtime. At lunchtime. lunchtime. <laughs> I, thought, I, thought I, <laughs> I thought I'd been hit by a truck. <laughs> It's like we're playing in the fucking schoolyard, mate. He's Take it easy. Big, I mean, year seven. He's, he's in, he's, he was in year twelve. He's was playing bit, senior football. Bit of a difference. <laughs> he's, play, right. he was, he's playing senior football at that stage, that, wasn't that, he? And they've said, yeah, we, yeah, we he can was playing see something in that Guadagnuolo kiddies. He's a step And watch this. In this man. Well, I think he had a backpack on too. <laughs> he had his, <laughs> took the hanger with a backpack. He had his geography books, you know, that and the ready to go. Um well, we asked this question a little bit, and, and the two next subheadings I've got are kind of questions that we regularly ponder. They've inadvertently become recurring segments. So what is it worth? Hmm, something we could all think about. What so, was our season worth? No, so, so you look at the result, the performance, everything in totality, you go, what's it worth? So the positives for me are plain to see. Um, it's not just the football. It's not just the awakening and the realisation that we can mix it at the very top, but it's what this group actually gets out of its September campaign because we showed the competition in ourselves, the side that we all thought we could be and what we should be probably by this stage. So for me, Fab, this is such a great learning experience for just about everyone in our football department, not just the playing group, but the coaches and everyone. How vital is it that it was a first finals series with the emphasis being on a finals series? series. This is three big games as opposed to a one and done. That was the thing that hamstrung Richmond. It was the classic Essendon, the eliminitis. We would get to elimination final, so we'd have a good year and then lose and then the season's done. What do you get out of that? It's a long build. It's a long runway. It's frustration. So mm. for us to get there, you go fucking great monkeys off the back. Yeah. And then you win one. You go mm. great. And then you win another one and you go, this is fucking, this is shaping up. It's so important that it was a finals campaign. We've trebled. We've trebled our finals experience through the whole club because we had that so little of it. Mm. Like you take our George Hewitt and there was effectively nothing there. I think Acres had played maybe one or two. One or two. One or two. Yeah. Yeah. Ed might have played one. It had. It had. Yep. 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 And not much else. Yeah. Who else was there? Someone else that we'd bought in? Nick Newman. Nick Newman, of course. The two Sydney players. Because Chera, Chera hadn't. I don't think he had. No. So for me, I, I, at the siren, I sort of thought to myself, <clears throat> obviously we're so much happier that we get three finals. Yeah. But the value of that for the footy club is enormous. And the stakes at each level got bigger and bigger. So it's it's the, the kind of like the pass mark was you had to make finals. So to get there... Because the whole thing was, you got to make it. You got to experience it. You got to. So when you become that, a better side, you are rolling and ready to go. We basically have seen that, 
gone to the next stage, seen that, gone to the next stage and seen that. It's it's going to be absolutely invaluable. You take the guesswork out of what does the next week look like? What does a prelim final yeah. feel like? Yep. Yep. Like you know, well, guess what? You're in a prelim final. People are going to rock up to training. It's going to be... There's going to be a buzz. It's going to be this. I just want to say, by the way. Win, lose, or draw. I said on the text, Collingwood fans doing absolutely nothing this week to dispel the myth or the stereotype that they're... Dull bludgers. Bludgers, unemployed bludgers. Do any of these fucking bogans have a job? I'm going to just say it. Like, honestly, I get it. School holidays, the kids get out there, not a problem in the world. Go to the main training session. I I said to a friend at work, if we'd have made it to the grand final, I probably would have gone to the the main session. Yeah. And... Sussed it out and felt the vibe and the love, you know, stay for half an hour, 45 minutes, whatever, uh, experience it. I wouldn't have been at the club every fucking day. Yeah. Tony would have. And we, it's like... Because my dad was a school teacher. None of you people have a fucking job. We would go to grand final training regardless of who was playing. Outrageous. Outrageous. That's in, another, in that's another Davis week. style, just like, well, what? See, 1990, we went to Victoria Park. Before. Well, because I don't think Dad wanted to go to Essendon. So, <laughs> so we went down there and, yeah, had a kick of the footy out on Vic Park and all that sort of stuff, watched them train. And, mm-hmm. like, it was just it, the vibe. It's like, like it's, we went it's all to, positive. We, it's went all to positive. 90, we went to 99. Yeah. Grand final train because that's my team. Like, I don't I don't get going to other people's training sessions. That's, we went to he, Dad, took me young, Wednesday oh, night. Were, we gone. were you young enough to go to 95? Yeah, Wednesday night. And do you remember the guy with the megaphone who was who was he was in the Robert Heatley stand, and he he was uh, on the the loud hailer. The tannoy. <laughs> hey, Parko, <laughs> recall Dora, <laughs> recall Dora, <laughs> recall Dora. <laughs> Dora had been delisted, hadn't he? <laughs> no, I think he was playing twos footy, but he he was advocating for John Dorotich to be selected in the '95 Grand Final. Um, I think you're confusing 93 and 95. You reckon he was recalled Dora was 93? Yep. 100%. He was suspended, wasn't he? I don't know. In 93? I don't know. Either way, this I, guy I went was to all for Giant his inclusion. head. Big, big melon. He was a big, big man. Dora. Yeah, he oh, was. Big a man. massive man. Um, Beautiful tan. Yes. I think that's just his natural olive. I think it was. Skin. But, um, yeah, so we went. We were there 93. We were there 95. We were there 99. That's so funny. We were all there in 95. Yeah. And um, at the Wednesday night, uh, you'd have been like three, wouldn't you? Seven. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I remember Dad. Dad just said, "Oh, because we're gonna go." Oh, I sort of didn't understand what was he goes. We're gonna we'll go. We're, we're going go to training. We'll go yeah. to the training. And I was seven. like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. So yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. And we got there. It was fucking packed. Yeah. My right? dad. And then you know that that was actually sorry. That was through an example of like, uh, that year was the first year I'd gone to Princess Park. We played the Bears. At, at Princess Park, that was the day that uh, Tony Locker kicked 16 against uh, the Roys. Yeah. Um, a game happening concurrently. Yep. And um, so not a big crowd. Like we, at the old scoreboard, you know, standing room, we stood there. And Dad took me because obviously interstate game, less people. Less people. First game at Princess Park. So I might have gone to maybe one other game. But then to go to the training session, it was like the place was heaving. Yeah. And you're like, oh, whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Jesus. Which is amazing. It was fantastic. Yeah. But we weren't there Every, Every day. day. Well, there was nothing yeah. to go to. Jesus. These people had jobs during the day. They had the, jobs. The they players p- had jobs. They had well, places to be. Around. Like, enjoy your team. Get around it. Get involved with it. Yep. Once. <laughs> Fuck. How do you know they're the same people every day? You, well, <laughs> there's a certain certain Pies content creator who's been there every day. 
Old Swoop Luke. Old Mate Swoop. Can he see over the fence? Though? No. <laughs> no need, Timbo. Um, I liked it. I'll allow it. No, but and, and not, not this... pointing him individually, but you see it going, there's, and this on the social media and stuff, and you're just like, it's like Ferris Bueller. Go home. What What happens if they lose, though? I'll become a very... Sun will still rise the next day, Timbo. Yeah. Um, For some of those people, they're invested. Like, we're invested, but... Oh, look, they're institutionalised. They're all losers. It's the footy yeah. club, Collingwood. They're just, they're just never ultimately... I don't tempt fate saying this. I mean, we can't affect the result, but history is often told. Even the games they played against Brisbane 20 years ago, they lost because ultimately they just weren't good enough. Yeah, that's right. They weren't as good as who they were playing. Yeah. 80, uh, 81, they just weren't good enough. 80, mm. they just weren't good enough. 79, they just weren't good enough. Yeah. They... And you have to... You know, the list goes it, on. It pains you to say it, but the club has this. I don't know. It's kind of like a they they gather momentum, and they get a sense once they it's get. It's like the, when Jaden Sancho slotted the ball past Virgil Van Dyke's aura. Remember that? <laughs> it was one of my favourite. There was on Twitter. He scored a goal. He did a lot. One of the only good things Jaden Sancho's done for Manchester United. He stopped it on a dime. He stopped it on a dime and sent. The, everyone the wrong way in the box and then just kind of coolly put the ball in the corner. Just rolled it into the... And passed Virgil van Dijk and somebody said, you know, what goes unnoticed here, the difficulty of this goal. He had to shoot around Virgil van Dijk's aura <laughs> and someone they photoshopped in like Virgil van Dijk, they, yeah, yeah. They, had a, they had a stat, oh, he's never been beaten in a one-on-one. And when I read it, They've I They've never been dribbled past. And I'm like, get fucked. <laughs> that is the dumbest thing anyone's ever written. Yeah. And if that's a legitimate stat, it's wrong. Yeah. Well, it's like when you read the things about, you know, they go to the All-Australian, they'll say Callum Wilkie has been beaten in, like, two one-on-one contests or, so, or so, whatever. Timbo, like, that's outrageous that he's an All-Australian. Outrageous. Of course it is. I, he's, a not, he's a good footballer, but he's... he's oh, honestly, uh, if Jacob Wiedering is within cooey of the All-Australian team next year, they, they will have to put him in. Because it's gotten to the point... But I have no faith that that's... No, no, 93 anyway. grand final training. That sticks? Oh, mate, look at you. That's 93 grand... We got into the room somehow. Was that the, That's the infamous Fraser Brown who's walking around his Walking underpants. around in his undies, yeah. yeah. And someone told him to put a pants Parker, on or something. Parker told him to get decent. Well, it could have been worse. He could have, been... have a look at how innocent and fresh-faced Fabian Guadagnolo you look, is. You look frighteningly like Harvey. You reckon? Actually, yeah. There's and a lot then... of... Are you kidding me? You don't see that? <laughs> and then there's... Hold on. And then. This is great for... Um, and, and then. And that's... <laughs> oh, and then. <laughs> and that's Brattles. I don't know. Uh, like, we're in a corridor somewhere. Is it obviously, just, obviously is, is it just Brattles' ass or something? You're like, I think this no, no, is no, Brattles. No, no, that's Brattles. Brattles looks like I've finally stopped running. Brattles looks like... what are we, He's got a, a Wimbledon t-shirt. Doing a photo here, are we? Tucked into his... Uh, Very high track pants, I'd imagine. And, his um, track pants are up at his belly button. Mm. And the Wimbledon shirt is tucked in tightly. This I've told the story before. I'm, I don't know if on pod, but we were waiting. Dan knew someone to get us in. This is, is it the Milhanna. Yeah, yeah, people were just sitting on Milhanna's car. Oh, yeah. I remember you told this story. <laughs> Mill came out. Mill wasn't fucking Not impressed. <laughs> I did it? that at the shops one day. I came out from Coles one day, and this. Punk gang of youths, not the band, just a, a group of kids. <laughs> it was one of them was sitting on my car, and I was like, "Mate," yeah. I was like, "Don't." Yeah. And he was sort of like, "Oh." I would have put the size thirteen. But it was like it was like I said. I said to him, "I go, you know, if you do that to the wrong person, yeah, going they'll, yeah, it's probably not a great idea." He's sitting on someone's car. Um, 
So, I mean, ultimately, very well said, Tim. I don't know what you were saying. It was excellent. <laughs> um, but let's guess that it is. So, you know, we spoke about uh, it recently on all the other pods we've done in, in this final series, but to knock off the doubts, to take those cheap slights off the table, to make the eight, to win a final, to make a prelim, all that stuff, the albatross around our neck, you know, the millstone, it's gone. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing but positives out of that. And the footy was, at times, <coughs> you know, you think about, oh, it's back. It's uh, that's you his know, third or fourth. Uh, yeah, but yeah. the footy at times, and as disappointing as it is to lose a prelim final, we played the best footy on the day. We really like and, and we, well, foot- we didn't do it for long enough. No, and it wasn't good enough ultimately to win the game. But the positive for me, uh, sounding glass half full, I'm, I've taken a sip of Tim Davis's fucking bathwater here. But the the whole idea for me is at our. At our best on the day, we were fantastic. Yeah. And the positives, we didn't go to we didn't go to Perth like Melbourne in eighteen and get wiped off the face of the By earth. By a hundred, yeah. You know. But Brisbane's Brisbane weren't stellar. They no. I don't I don't feel like they played their best footy. No. But when the momentum built and the pressure built and your your uh tweet where you talked about how we pushed back mm. and and lost structure moving forward, we panicked. Uh, and it was actually what Adam talked about Port Adelaide. That's when they got beaten by Port Adelaide, they they didn't come forward and, and attack the ball in defence. You know, self-preservation. Yeah, and, and, and he learned in, in the Port Adelaide game what he what the pivot was to take them on and they did it perfectly. Mm. Um, so long as we learn and and our, our want to bomb it forward again killed us, mm. It, that what that's what robbed us of momentum. But sometimes when you are under heavy pressure, it's a legitimate get out. Yeah, we've got that. Do you know what I? There's a couple of things I took away from the game. Number one, can if hopefully twenty four round season, I get that not every person in the media watches every game. No, that's right. They see stats. They see highlights. Yep. And Harry Mackay's highlights have been more lowlights. This well, season, that, that's right? what the focus has that, been. Right? But people don't watch Carlton like we watch Carlton. And this thing that Carlton would operate better without Harry Mackay is outrageous. It's ins- it's actually insane. And he proved that. Hopefully, with a lot of them watching it being a prelim final, Harry isn't the issue at all. It's the ball Harry is delivery. the type of play you want in a big game. Harry, Harry, nearly, Harry, for an instant or two, looked like he was going to win us the game. Even this is, this when is the game was team, done, didn't you give Harry votes famously because he looked dangerous? Four it, was, it was Melbourne. It yeah, was yeah, Melbourne. Four he, had, he had four disposals for the day. And he gave him a vote because he looked dangerous. But, but he did. <laughs> but he did look like the guy. Yeah, he was looming. Yeah. And do you know what I do, do you know what I like? Um, hopefully, through the preseason, they they show him some footage of that and say. You've got a beautiful drop punt, mate. Yeah. Use it. Overthinking it. Use it. But what you were saying was spot on too, by the way, and I've got the note later on. We may as well get to it now. Some of the knocks, and I get that the footy media have to talk about something, negativity. What do they say? What do they say? Um, if it bleeds, it leads. The old news kind of concept. Mm-hmm. They need negativity. Negativity sells. Charlie Curdo didn't matter ultimately the way we were delivering the ball in the probably after the 20-minute mark of the first quarter – um, a, if it was getting down there at all, it was terrible. Yes. Um, 
and when it did come, uh, and, and sorry, and for the most part, it didn't get there for almost an hour. Yeah, peak John Coleman isn't making. And you're just a going, he's going. Mm. Let's just be, let's just relax on the idea. Oh, he's had a really disappointing final series. Yeah, going. Well, here's the rub, dickheads. We won two. Mm. In the second one, he was one out. Obviously, Harry was out concussed, so that structurally affects how we can operate in a one-on-one at best. Yep, yep. Going and up in Brisbane, I think our delivery to him was shit. Yeah, mm. was was not good. It was not good. And and we had games where he found other ways, like despite of the pressure that was put on him in the double teaming, he was able to push up the ground and bring I other people. I thought he worked really hard in the Melbourne worked, game. But this, yeah. I, I just hate this idea too that like – But let him. Guys of, Sean, let Oh, him. no, and this is what I'm going to say. So so I said to Dad, um, and we've said it, you know, keep the receipts. Yeah. So people come out and they knock you. Didn't, I think Matthew Lloyd, you know, he didn't work hard enough or whatever. And you'd be going – I'd be saying, yeah, just remember it. And I use the example, I don't think anyone down there is, uh, they've got too many things going on. But um, if I played for Carlton, I would have said, after we beat the Gold Coast, I would have almost said to the media guy on the plane, I want to go on um, SEN tomorrow afternoon, Gazy. And then pick up, oh, boys, how you going? Go, Gazy. Go and play in finals, mate. We in? Oh, what do you mean? You're going, oh, you're not fucking joking now. You smart ass. He irritates you on the uh, on no. The but bounce. just go, just go. That thing he did on the bounce last year. You go, yeah, good fun, wasn't it? Yeah, good fun. Go, can't do it this year, mate. Go, how about the Hawks? And just go, fucking make these cockheads accountable, accountable. for their bullshit lines and yeah. sit on it. The classic Tom Brady. Keep the receipts. Go, okay. You can say whatever you want, Lordo. You can say whatever you want, Kane. Gone awfully quiet on uh, Walshy, Kano. Mm. Not, not talking about that what, one. If you want to have a bet on next year's Brownlow Not talking medal, about that one put, so much anymore. Put it on that kid. Just go just go to Charlie Gun. That's fine. Let them say whatever they want. And then whenever they try to give you a pat on the back next time, fuck them. Yep. It's one thing we a, don't a, have a, in a, the a, Australian actually, sporting <laughs> landscape. Players don't have that. You go to America and you go to Europe and those players would remind you of it. It'll remind you. Remind you of it. Yep. Just go, oh, yeah, Gazy. Go, did you see the game yesterday? Go, no, I didn't happen to see your show. Did you, you didn't take the piss out of us again, did you? Oh, 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 oh. going, yeah, didn't think so. Dickhead. And then just, <laughs> and then just hang up. Can, just hang can, up. Can I just, see you later. can I just digress ever so slightly? Enjoy your, <laughs> um, Hammer, enjoy your salads. <laughs> you didn't watch any of the NBL last night, did you? God, no. Uh, in the third quarter... Scotty Pippen, who's going to the grand final tomorrow, Why not, was, of course. was interviewed by Andrew Gaze in the third quarter of the yep. the whatever they call the, did, did the, Pip, the showdown. Did Pip find a way to like take a pot shot at uh, Jordan? No, no, no. Yeah, but it was it was just it, honestly it was twelve minutes of the most fantastic basketball talk and talking about back in the day. And they didn't talk about Jordan a lot because obviously they know that want Pippen doesn't Jordan. want to. Well, in fairness, Pippen doesn't want to talk about Jordan at the moment. In six weeks, he might come out and say he's the greatest player of all time mm. again. Yeah. He's, he's obviously struggling at the moment, Pip, for – he was obviously he was trying to sell a book. Don't, you know, get that confused. You know, get a bit of hype in it, write a bit of bullshit. Yep. I think uh, MJ's son is – Banging the missile. Banging the misses. Yeah. Um, Which is weird. Yeah, that's just weird. But what's that got to do with? Do you know what I mean? So yeah, Jordan's probably going. I don't fucking. The, the worst thing is, is, is why are you angry at me? It's um. Scotty's been on the record 
a billion times in his praise for MJ. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of looks like, mate, this is just contradictory. You know what people Everything want? else you've ever said. We've said this, Fab. So we've, I think we've spoken in the past about Harrison Ford. People don't want to see crotchety, grumpy, old man Harrison Ford. When you're interviewed, when you're in movies, people don't want to see that. People want to see Harrison Ford, movie star, charismatic, you know, leading man. Yep. And Scotty Pippen's a bit like that. We go, I don't want to see miserable, cynical Scotty Pippen. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to hear that shit. No one wants that. And, and he wasn't that last night. Too. People want positive, upbeat, you know, really open, transparent, fun. Well, the, com- the comment he made, he goes, uh, Gazy sort of said to him, he goes, what was it like, you know, in those days when you were playing, you know, everyone was playing at their best. And, and he talked dream team things and a couple of other things. And he just, but about the Bulls, he just said it was just really good. You know, that you would turn up and you'd go out in the court and you pretty much knew you were going to win. Chris, Chris Judd said that to the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. He said exactly the same thing. Yeah. He said when you turn up to a game and you're thinking, we're probably going to win today, mm. we're probably going to play pretty well. Yep. Um, he goes, and it was fantastic. Yeah. When you roll up going. Mm, and you're getting paid to do it. Probably going to win. And paid, well, a lot of people getting paid a lot of money. Pip. That was Pip's a- fault. That was Pip's fault. Yeah. Ended up getting paid. Ended up getting his bread. Got his, his bread. Uh, um, so back on to whatever we were talking about. Went to the um, Trailblazers. He did go to the weird yeah, the Blazers. He's, did, then went to the Rockets. He was at Houston, yeah. Did, is, it a, is Damian Lillard officially going to the Bucks? Yeah, he's at the Bucks. They were, on, they were a number one seed last year. So who did they lose? Uh, well, they lost to Jimmy Butler. No, 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 no. Who, no, no. who did they lose in a trade? Oh, Drew Holiday. I think we got him. Uh, no, he's a Portland. That seems like quite a... No, sig- no, we, we picked up someone. Hold that on. That seems like quite a significant acquisition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that seems like quite a good move. Yeah. And, and in, la- in, the fo- in the final series, there was a bit where... Um, I don't know whether Janus uh, got tunnelled, but he, he landed flat on his back from a height. You know, he's 6'11 or he's whatever. He's a giant he's, man. He's a big, big man, and, and it's a big body to hit the ground flat on his back. And he missed... Maybe two, definitely two, maybe three games, and they end up getting eliminated. Number one seed eliminated by a number eight seed, and uh, and then that's when he went on the the record saying, "Oh, th- it's not a failure. You know, you know, we just got eliminated and all this sort of stuff." And you go, well, "But you lost." But I, I think ultimately he was saying the body of work on the season was really, really good, and it was. And in fairness, though, the Heat got hot. Oh, they did. Well and truly, absolutely. And sometimes that happens. Well, and this is it. And and it was through circumstance, but for what Milwaukee had been able to do across the body of their season to now add Damian Lillard to it, it's like, um, uh, you're looking all right for next season. I'd be fairly happy. I might go Sam Walsh into the Bucks to win the title as a as a bet. I like it. Um, so we're going to go on now to uh, having a bit of chat, Timbo, <clears throat> sort of following on for what we were talking about for what it's worth, but more off-field now. <clears throat> Sorry. The other side of this conversation, what is it worth, is, and I think of the song and I think of the line in the song, we'll keep our end up, a great finish to the year gives us several important things and these things cannot be overlooked. Big time slots, a great fixture, the commercial benefits of both, great corporate support, greater match day interest, greater membership growth and retention. For the first time in a very, very long time, the footy side of the business has made life easier for every other facet and department of the footy club. 100%. And the, fr- the, f- the, f- the fun of it for anyone working at the Carlton Footy Club now, you, you know, Fab and I are working in sales or whatever, you know, we don't have to do anything. 
No. The interest will be organic. They'll all get the back slaps and the congratulations for driving membership growth. But it's like, it's actually had nothing to fucking do with you, mm. which is a fantastic problem to have. Well, this takes me back to when one smart-ass membership person from the Carlton Football Club rang me, I would say, three years ago. And I'd obviously signed myself and Harvey up. And so I'll get the call, I don't know, round 10 or whatever it is, but just before the membership starts to close. And it's like, oh, g'day, you know, this is whoever from the Carlton Football Club. You, you, we've noticed that Alexander hasn't signed up, hasn't renewed this year, any you know, reason, blah, blah, blah. And I was honest, and I said, "Look, to be honest, he's uh, he supports Collingwood like his mum." And this person said, "Well, you're not doing a very good job, then, are you?" Directly to me over the phone, just said, "You're not doing a very." I'm good sure it was said tongue in cheek, Fab. I'm sure it wasn't like to which my you. response was, "Well, if we won some more fucking games, it might help." Yeah. In other words, it's it's one feeds the other. Correct. You do your job, I'll do mine. So the beauty of it, what we've lived through now is... I then got Alexander a membership for free. <laughs> well, who won? So, I ask. Um, uh, so for me, you know, we, we spoke about leaving King's Birthday Eve, Essendon game, despair, sinking into the abyss. And at that point in time, if you forecast forward to fixture time, we're getting su- Sundays at 1 o'clock. We're getting Thursday night to open the season. We're getting maybe a Sunday twilight. You know, we're not on Broadway. No. Because we can't be trusted. Whereas now, we'll have seven prime times. Yeah, we'll have, without a doubt. We'll have Thursdays and Fridays. We'll have the Sunday against Essendon, obviously King's birthday, which has become a thing, which is good. Um, so the commercial benefits to the club, enormous. The improved president's functions and stuff, what they can move those for, massive. The behind-the-scenes type experiences that the club obviously auction off to wealthy benefactors – Always lucrative, but now there'll be greater interest in that again. Player sponsors, more people just want to be involved. Merchandise at the shop, Mm -hmm. more people want to be involved. So credit to everyone down there in the footy club. They don't uh, do what they do in the footy department ultimately to sell fucking T-shirts in the shop, but it does directly affect it. And when the performances were as strong as they were in the back half of the year, everyone's job is easier. The membership GM and the merch guy and everyone else sitting there going, they don't have to they don't have to worry budgets. Who gives a shit? Well, mm. we, I had a tour of the footy club in about round 22, 23. Yep. Um, joint was humming. It was absolutely humming. My parents were there prelim training. Yep. And there was obviously, you know, it was all over the news and stuff that it was, you know, there was seven or 8,000 people. I'm disappointed there. they didn't interview Tony. Um, well, Tony was, well, Tony was in the, he, he has to get involved. He's like a child, right? And he had to, and mum's like, get away from the fence. Let the little kids <laughs> see what's going on. He's taking um, selfies. He's cripper. Um, and anyway, my mum, quick, quick side story. My mum. Did McGovern like recognize him? No. He's like, know. that's the fucking bloke that potted me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm shit. To my face. He's a shit. McGovern. <laughs> He play all right, right Timbo. Um, so my mum goes, oh, the guy in front of me, I, I recognise his voice. And she goes to my dad, who is he? And dad goes, I don't know. Ask him. <laughs> Straight up. So uh, dad was like, oh, mum's like, yeah, oh, he's a footballer or something. Dad's like, no, 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 that's not football. Anyway, it ended up being Terry. So I'm goes, sorry, do you? Oh, the aesthetic beast. Yeah. Love Tez. So I get a photo 
texted to me. It was, it was Terry having a selfie with my dad. How good. Um, and did he introduce himself that I'm which is weird because I no, or mum said blah blah blah. <coughs> do I know you from somewhere? And then they got to talking, so they figured out who was who. So then I get the selfie because about five or six weeks earlier, did Terry know that it was Sophie Guadagnolo? Yes, excellent. Um, that makes me so happy. Well, they introduced each other. So, but I Terry's mum works at the cafe near the boys' school. Ah, right. So one morning I'm just having a chat, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, I'm Terry's mum. So I sent a photo of me and Terry's oh, mum. Oh, fantastic. Terry. Yep. And um, then I got the return of him and Tony being yep. at the footy. Um, but anyway, that was a side story. But they were in the merch shop and mum reckons they would have made a killing. Yeah. Like the air, it was packed. One of my favourite moments in the merch shop was – I um, got given for my birthday, which is in a couple of days' time, Happy birthday for a couple of days' time. I got given the – my parents bought me the tracksuit. So the, the – classic 90s tracksuit? Parco's tracksuit? No, no, the current, the current tracksuit. Oh. The current Puma tracksuit. So – Very cool. If I, I – I reckon, again, if I was an AFL player, I reckon I'd rock up at the Brownlow. I'd have two outfits. Oh, I'd have three. <clears throat> One year I'd go as – I'd need a teammate. I'd go as Harry and Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber. Yes. In the, in the, in the baby the, blue the, and the orange. On the orange, yep. Um. Oh, I well, we should get a Giants player, maybe yes. to do the, yes. the the orange. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do Paco with the the slacks, the polka dot tie, the cream slacks, the, and the and, and the, the blazer. Blue, yeah, um, and then I'd also do Paco in the classic '90s tracksuit. Yeah, <laughs> just a classic <laughs> '90s Carlton tracksuit. I don't big know. Nike. I don't know. They'd let you in. <clears throat> well, Ed rocked up with a bow tie that was un, undone. I, undone. I don't understand why Sportsbet haven't done haven't done a. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a bounty to say the first two teammates through the door on the red carpet dressed as Harry and Lloyd get 20 grand. <laughs> You'll have a whole room that's powder blue it'd be, and, and no, orange. It'd be, no, because be, like the boys would be like, we got to fucking get there. The doors open, the red carpet opens at 5.30. Yeah. we got to be there. It'd be like a race, the amazing race, a race to the mat. They'd be fucking clamoring over each other to get in. It'd be hilarious. So I got the I got the tracksuit, the pants, and the jacket. I just want to do, say this to clothing manufacturers. Now I'm a, whilst I am admittedly a larger person, I'm also a tall person. Now, for me to get anything that remotely fits me in the length, I'm having to put that many X's in front of the L. <laughs> It doesn't it, come across well on the receipt, does it? No, but then it doesn't fit. It's too large. You like, saw that photo, didn't you? Yeah, I did. King is just you gonna show me it, or are you guys gonna? Sh- is this only something for you and uh, uh, the Brownlow photo? Is yeah. that Nadine? Yeah, that's, that's Nadine. Nadine's taking a selfie. Of, did somebody come uh, in and give us some her, black swan dip? Her and Kingers, and uh, somebody. No one came up and gave her some dip. Said, so, "Here you go." Curse the photo's great Davis. because because of the uh, the bread. No, the. The Bubba Ganoush. Yeah, story, uh, a ridiculous story on, you Timber. told. That's yeah. Look, she, she's taken knew. a photo, a selfie, and she would have turned to Adam and gone, let's, let's, let's take a selfie. And he's just given her absolutely nothing. It, was like, it looks it, like he'd rather be anywhere. He's given her nothing. It's like she's me <laughs> on the giant stadium. <laughs> in, in fairness, I text Kingers during the week and I said, um, how's the come down been? And he gave me a one-word answer. I'll let you know. He said shit. (laughs) But, I mean, as you you know, you want for so much, you do so well, you get so close. You know. Mm. I can't remember the content. I can't remember who said it. But someone was asked about, like, some great sporting disappointment, missing out on a championship or something. 
um, and they said uh, it was like how long did it how long did it take you to get over it? And he goes, I'll tell you when I do. Yeah, and it yeah. was like. It was a tongue in cheek, a bit of well fun, yeah. but it was thirty years later. He goes, yeah. "I'll tell you, I'll tell you when I get yeah. over it." Well, it and that, that was King's comment afterwards. He just said, um, "These moments burn in your guts forever." He goes, "Yeah, you lose." They you, lost you it lose. in ten minutes in the third quarter. Ten well, minutes. They did, there's one kick by Lockie Ash where they're working their way out, and it gets intercepted, and uh, yep. it wasn't the my check goal. <laughs> I, knew, I, I saw the finger. I knew it was coming. We'd gotten, I thought, I was steering the ship away from the orange waters. No, I know you I was just steering through. Yeah, no, but you're talking more about individual moments. I'm talking, there was a just Momentum. a... Momentum. Yeah. Collingwood had 10 minutes in the third and they yeah. put too much on the and board. And they capitalised. They capitalised. And then, and, and look, a lot has been made about the... Umpiring? 11 potential free kicks that all went un, all went unpaid. Toby Green needed a little bit more composure. Yeah, he did. Well, he almost kicked the goal to win the game. This is... He just needed to score in the end. Well, and that, that was the thing. He just the needed a little bit... fact that he took bit, the mark on the line... Just needed a little bit more composure. What were you doing there, Sean? Who's that? You. Yeah, on the line. Winning the game. But he just needed to go. And more than that, he, he doesn't get any momentum. Like Jesse Motlop, even though he almost got run down, took off toward goal, whereas Green was in a standing start. Yeah. And was almost – it's a classic leaning back when you shoot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He needed to actually make a move toward goal and then snap. And even if you score, yep. it's actually okay. Well, you get to set up. Yeah. Because yeah. in, in effect, it sounds weird. Even if you score, even if it's a point – the structurally, the result is the same. Yeah. Because yeah. steel side bottom was kicking the ball out. Yeah. yeah. But as you say, if it ends up a point, you're going extra time. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Excellent stuff. This is very well said. I don't know what you were talking about again, but we're going to move on. Um, bit of this, bit of that. Bit of that. So, <laughs> again, something we've spoken about a lot. What does it mean? Because we are we ask this question a lot because it's a very uh, important, uh, very important piece. Very you know, important you need question. A, you need a sting from the Merovingian saying, "Why? What is the reason?" Um, I've got the other Merovingian sting. Um, so we we ponder and reflect on this question regularly because um, ultimately it's important. But the answer largely remains the same. It means what it ultimately <coughs> means. We have to wait. Fucking elf fab. It's not me. I and know. The last one was oh, you. Oh, Jesus that. Christ! I'm allowed no, to clear cough. my throat. Oh, is that what it was? Um, I was in there. So, I just, you know when you no, yeah, yeah <laughs> cock. You're an idiot. Oh, sorry, um, no, we had the B and F last night, and then you you know you go out afterwards for drinks, and and as everyone well knows, are you a bit are you a bit tender today? No, I don't drink. Oh, is that um, right? But you go Rob out Bainer, somewhere. How were the Rob Beaners? Very good. But no, you go out, and then like the music's way too loud, so you try to have it like you try to be polite and talk to people, but you can't because the music's too loud. Was it all just? It wasn't like dubstep or anything. Yeah, it was okay. just like uh, innocuous. Was it smoky? It was uh, no, no, Did no. Did you start to shuffle? Remember when that was the thing when people would just oh, yeah. do sh- just I, shuffle out of nowhere? Maybe I could, but this floor was really sticky. Yeah. So I saw a kid shuffling you're once. Aging. You're aging. You're at that age where a night out now isn't what it once was. So I never used. To, I it's never so used. In I here, never right? used to like it. No, it wasn't. It was just like you, you try to have a chat to people. We try to talk. It's just too. The music's just. It's too, it's just too darn loud. Mm. Too I'm darn afraid loud. you're just too darn loud. Yeah. Um, Next, please. The pinheads. Uh, so for us, with the whole thing, what does it mean? We make it what it means. It ultimately means in, in it's after the fact. We find that out later. Yes. Round 23 last year meant ultimately what we made it mean. Yep. The big wins at the start of our run ultimately meant confidence. Yep. They meant momentum. You know, that became more wins, which became finals. 
and in finals wins became a second final win. And that's why early wins next year are key. Absolutely. Not just, not just early wins. When we look Statements. At, if you look at the way we play, this is just – you tell me if I'm talking complete shit. But the way I'm I – start off by saying probably. Okay. Most likely. <laughs> the way – we are a very high-octane bash and crash team, right? We, we want to get in the, in the octagon and take you on at the coalface. And it's, it's a very bruising brand of football, right? Win the contested football and launch from there. And playing 13 weeks of it in a row will ultimately have a toll on any team. And you look at players, we looked a little bit banged up. The last four we weeks, didn't look there fresh. were moments. I'm not, oh, yeah. It's not an excuse. No, 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 no. But no. we just didn't look fresh. Yep. And now, that's what weeks off afford yeah. you when you finish top two and you take care of business. And that's why when you play, you have to take a campaign has to be a season. Correct. And yes, you need to be playing your best football towards the end and get on a run. And that's what I was trying to say but before. You early, can't do it in said, half a year. Early wins. Yep. But not just early wins. There's times where make it easy. Correct. Make it easy. When, when you have an opportunity to not play this combative bash and crash brand of football and just save yourself for a bit. And just be prepared too. Like be prepared to go, if, can we get away with not playing it? Yeah. And then if we need to, flick a switch. Flick a switch. Yeah. yeah. And, and I've long said your match committee and your ability to be able to rotate players and rest guys from time to time. We said it so much last year about, you know, we didn't play Dow last year when we should have to be able to keep the big bodies fresher for longer, you know, yeah. for later in the year and all that sort of stuff. Opportunities lost. You know, we, we're going to learn a fair bit in the next, what, seven days? Mm. Like, Trey, I don't know... Trade period. I think we need to week and a half from a list management. All point this, of view. we'll get, we'll get onto yeah, this. Yeah. We're going to talk about this. Yeah, um, okay. just hold this for a moment. Well, it's so, just who will be part of the group moving forward. Yeah, yeah, and we're going to talk about this. So, I think Fab, there are no guarantees in footy, just as there are no guarantees in life. And just because we got here this year doesn't mean we get back. No. So, the feeling of the past few weeks needs to become infectious. It needs to become an addiction. And if I'm at the footy club, day one. I'm actually probably writing it now, to be fair, on a prominent place within the gym, within the meeting room, somewhere which is seen every day by every player. No complacency. No. And that stays there. Don't just think, geez, we put it together in the back half of 23, we made the prelim, that's great. Don't just think it happens again because you don't have a right to anything. No. You have to earn this opportunity. You have to earn the right to get back there. Well, Sydney proved that this year, didn't they? Like, they had a great campaign last year. They got smashed in a grand final. And you thought, that's there's your motivation. Mm. Go again. And they never... Well, Geelong missed the eight, mate. Well, more no, importantly, Sydney, yeah. But Sydney should have missed as well. Well, if... Uh, Interchange infringement and then obviously the Ben Keys goal. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So, Fab, ultimately, I don't need to know what Adam Saad was saying in his post-match address to the boys on the field. I love that it was him. The fact, exactly, so, because it's... When you think about it, you think more voices. Who's the last person you expect yep. to be doing that? And by the way, before we touch on it, shout out to Massimo D'Ambrosio <laughs> and um, Nick Hine, who are so far and away better than Adam Saad. Oh, we have lucked out we here. We have lucked out here, you fucking morons. Well, Massey's just requested a trade to Hawthorne, hasn't he? Weird. Yeah, but Essendon, oh, they don't Weird. need Saad. Huh? They don't, they don't need, need him. They've got money, fab, yeah. money ball. 
Yeah. We've got we've got D'Ambrosio and Hind. No, no, we got Hind, and then I think the clue was when they got D'Ambrosio. Mm. That mm. now I love that. Oh, this was the replacement. Someone tweeted, yeah. "Oh, we finally yeah, this is a replacement for Adam Sard." Look, not didn't you say you replaced Adam Sard when you got that? They're so butthurt about rather than if if I was Essendon and you know Danaher leaves, Hibbard, Sard. Uh, who was the other guy? Like Fantasia, Fantasia. Fantasia. Um, someone else? Was there someone else? I'm forgetting. I feel like I'm forgetting someone obvious. Ryder? That was a little bit earlier. Yep. But all those boys leave. and if Gus. One, Gus Moffrey, Sorry. <laughs> if one of those guys leaves, you're sort of like, ah, you know, why? Uh, damn you. You know, whatever. That, that a number of them left is telling me there's something deep-seated and wrong. And they feel... Um, like they don't want to be a part of it for whatever the reason might be, the administration, the coaching, the football department, whatever it is, for so many of those top-line important first 18 players to sort of go, I'm out. Don't be angry. Don't be dismissive of them. Be mm. interrogating the why. Yep. Because it's not them. If they've all – if it's one guy, oh, maybe you just can't hack it, mate, and you just, you just don't want to be coached, blah, 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 blah. Well, it's five or six of them then I think the problem's a bit bigger. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I don't need to know what Sadi was saying. I loved, as you mentioned, that it was him. But I hope it was something to the effect of, you know, don't be satisfied with this. Want for more. Want to be back here. Be prepared to work to be back here is also obviously very important. Um, there was a great line. I've, it's funny the things that come to you when you're putting this together and it's like weird that it's – there was this great line in, uh, in Age of Ultron, the second Avengers movie where they're talking about fighting and, oh, we're going to have to fight the new bad guy and blah, blah, blah. And Tony Stark dismissively says, you know, we're going to lose. And uh, what's the line? He sort of says, no, Captain America says we'll beat him together. And Tony Stark says, well, no, we're going to lose. And he fires back, well, we'll do that together as well. Yeah. And you sort of thought that's this feels like the club's tapped into a little bit, not mm-hmm. using directly an Age of Ultron quote, <laughs> but this idea of whatever we do – we do it together. Whether we succeed, whether we fail, whether whatever, we do it as a group. Yep. And we do it as this group and we do it together. We do it all moving in the same direction. We do mm-hmm. it all having bought in. Yep. And whatever happens, happens. Yep. Hopefully, it's a premiership. But yeah, hopefully. it definitely won't be a premiership right. if we fucking splinter, if we're silos, if we're not in. Yep. It just won't happen. Correct. So this is probably another one for you. And that's Fab. why we all needed to be on board. Those tough conversations down at Camp Kerno. That's exactly right. And people like there's the odd bonehead idiot who, who comes and has a go at us and me particularly about the the conversations mid year. And we'll say it again. We've said it a bunch of times. The place was in freefall. Yeah. And if you think if you want to believe nothing happened and this just righted itself and things just turned around, you're an incredibly naive mm. fool. Yeah. And you need to think about it a little bit harder. If you don't think. They were having the conversations internally that we were having, other fan channels were having, people on Twitter and Facebook were having. Yeah. You're kidding yourselves. Whatever they've done, I don't even care what it is. I don't need to know what it is. I don't need to know what it the conversations done. were. But it was done yeah. and full credit to the people for having them. Full credit to Voss for turning the ship around because call a spade a spade. If he hadn't, he was done. So mm. you can you can kid yourselves all you want. And what's the one thing we always said about Vossi? Number be, two, th- two things we always said. Despite now we always have a bit of a laugh about Kingers, we've always said we want nothing more than for this boat to succeed. But we always used to say 
Don't die wondering. Don't no. die wondering. Don't die wondering. Don't and the fact that he's just... Mate, don't get the flick and leave the room with what ifs. Yeah, like, should have done this. You, you can't stay at the helm and saying, we're changing nothing. No. We're going to keep on going. That's right. And, and the reality is... That's not what happened. I can't Things change. I can't remember which game it was, but we were on the pod and we were pleading. We were saying, don't go out like this. Yeah. Mm. Don't get the sack having not fucking tried something. Having not, Don't get the sack like this. Because yeah. ultimately, you'll have no one to blame but yourself, really. Yeah. You had, you know, you're, you're, if anyone can change the course or the trajectory of our season, yeah. it's the senior coach. Please yep. try something. And in the end, it was great because it worked. So There's just one line in a Kingers interview I just wanted to bring up. They, are they, I think they actually spoke to him privately. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was private. <laughs> it's private. <of> the- <laughs> <laughs> It's still the best part of the show. The song is so good that I could I could just have him push it all. all I feel like there's a great moment in Spider-Man Three when Jay Jenner Jameson's he's on all those pills because he's too angry, and uh, he's like getting he's got on the verge of getting angry, and um, Elizabeth Banks, who plays the receptionist, sort of keeps buzzing him. You know, take your pills with water. He's going again, and he goes, continue. He's like, calm, continue, Tim. Are you talking to me? Come on, Timbo. Let's go. Here is, let's give us Adam Kingsley to press conference. He fucking changed the world. Give it no, to me. It, was, it was pre-game, yeah. and I think it was prior to the preliminary final, where one of the, uh, the interviewers said, um, oh, we love the way that you play. We love how you take risk. And he, and he sort of said, well, we don't consider we're taking risk. Like, we, mm-hmm. we know how we want to play. Mm-hmm. We know where our options are. And you'll see it as a risk. We don't, and I think that's the mantra. It's that emboldened I think to the playing group of being mm. emboldened, and, and and like they 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 know what their options are. We're not just going to kick it on a forty-five into the corridor and hope that we get it. That's a risk. Mm. But understanding how you can move the ball because we're getting stuck backside of wing half back, and we're going. The only option we have is to kick it fifty meters up to the lo- up the line, where the opposition's best intercept defenders and man-on-man defenders that can uh, nullify our tools um, and they can get numbers to to then try and win the ball and spread and create. And and so we're just giving the ball back to them. Mm. That's what we have to get away from. And if you're in that situation 10 times, we're not saying 10 times go C-shape, go corridor, do whatever. We're just saying don't kick it up the line 10 times because it feels like we're doing too much of that. But not only that, and you have your, your Malthouses and your Ruses of the world where football was a game of instinct. Yep. And these guys became so risk-averse yeah. that you just... Well, they said, I kick it up the line, I can create stoppage, mm. and it starts again there. And that's, it's that's basically it, what it, they it did. Took, so what we perceive now is risk. It's not risk. That's just playing the game. They were, that's I think right. that too was in an era as well where coaching was very heavily influenced by that NFL control, the controllables. Yeah. And how do you do that? Stoppage. Yeah, that's yep. exactly right. Slow and the game slow down. Slow the game down. Score, and reset the game. And it was sort of like it was successful to a point, clearly. It was the prevailing tactic for a time. Yep. But um, I think ultimately sort of to the detriment of 
footy purists in a lot of ways. Mm. As infamously, obviously, Demetrio you know, spoke out against Ruse. He didn't give him a clip, but he just sort of said, look, I'd prefer the football be better to watch. Mm. And it's like, I think we all did. Yeah. And the same thing for Mick. It was like, I think we all, you know, and he's not alone, like Ross, obviously. Yeah. Going, I think at times, going, well, we'd all like the football to be better to watch. When you're being paid to win games and you do, yeah. it's very hard done to your question yeah. the your philosophy and behind it. But if you win a grand final, kicking six goals, and the opportunity kicks five, and you're going... I think that, we did, didn't that, we? Was that 68? Well, but yeah, seven but, goals? But, but just sort of saying that that was that was what it, football had moved to, mm. and you've gone. If we get to sit in navy blue and see our team win six goals to five, yo, you're taking I'll it. Celebrate you're, it like you're that celebrating man. like we'd kick thirty goals to twenty eight. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's a beautiful segue inadvertently, but people get a bit misty eyed when we talk about Manchester United. So if you do, you're going to love this. Um, and we've spoken about it before, but and I just want to draw the, the the I just want to draw the comparison. And and if you follow Tim, you would have examples of the Niners, and and there'd be t- people who really closely follow any team in any sport around the world who would be able to plug in their own experience or their own perspective. For me, it's obviously Manchester United being a fan of the team. So, winning the 1968 European Cup, mm-hmm. that was the culmination of a rebuild following Munich, yep. and that was this ten year odyssey back to where they'd been um, so cruelly knocked off. They're in the the semi-final of a European Cup. They have the Munich air disaster. And it was this 10-year odyssey to get back to that opportunity. But 68 doesn't happen without 58. Correct. Clearly. Maybe that probably happens earlier. But the point being, this crowning Mm. achievement at Wembley doesn't happen without 58. And wouldn't it have meant as much without it as well? Um, The first league title win in 26 years. Everyone talks the first Premier League season, 92-93. Well, that was a response to frittering it away the year before to Leeds, the last first division. United sort of had it, had one hand maybe on it and just lost their nerve late in the year and Leeds end up pipping the club. The double in 95, 96, well, that was from dropping the title the year before. In the last day, West Ham, they get pipped by Blackburn and get sensationally rolled in the 95 FA Cup final by Everton. Yeovil. one nil. Yeovil. Yeovil. But the point being... Geez, that went from being a double to nothing, and it spurred the club to the next year to go on and achieve, you know, what they'd missed out on. The treble we've spoken about it. Overmars goal at Old Trafford. The Champions League lost to Monaco. Fab, who were fucking stacked in retrospect. Yeah, you look at that Monaco team. At the time, you didn't think it. You look at that Monaco team now. Yeah, and you just go, oh yeah, Jesus, we get it. Jesus Christ. but they go from a season looking like it's going to become something and it ends up becoming nothing. And then that spurs on the next year. You know, 12-13, clearly the season before Aguero wins the title with the last kick of the year, the players on the field at Sunderland celebrating nothing. Um, so it's the one that got away. And at the heart of all of those pursuits, at the heart of all of those successes was an appetite to put themselves back in the mix to do the work, to make the sacrifices, to want the pressure of the badge. To want the pressure of we'll have a hundred thousand plus members next year, we'll have you know those big games early in this year. There'll be eighty plus thousand people there. To want the pressure of the badge, our fixture will be hard too. Uh, well, the fixture's a fixture. I'm always you know pretty ho hum about that. But when everyone <coughs> wants them to stay if you down, want to be the best, you have to beat the best. It's Ric Flair to be the man. You've got to beat the man. Correct. Um, Everyone wants you to be down. Everyone wants you to be counted out. Everyone wants you to be done for. Being able to get up in the face of that 
rally and find something so important. We need to harness that type of mentality that whether you win or you lose, again, we've spoken about it in the past, Ryan Giggs, so you'd win the title and within a week it was, now we, yeah, we go again, we win again. Yeah. It wasn't parties, whatever. It was, no, we go again. Ferguson was the same. We go again, we win again. Because come day one of 2024, whoever wins the grand final this year are not the premiers. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly right. The season has started. We're all on zero. And there's one Let's bloke go. at our club who knows that better than most, and that's the head coach. Michael Voss. And yeah. Brian Cook. And Brian Cook. Mm. So I don't want to labour on the uh, where did it go awry. I don't want to labour on that too much just in terms of the match itself. But ultimately for us, we get the unbelievable start. I put the tweet out and said, geez, well, this feels real. All of a sudden, you're sort of sitting in what's going to happen and then all of a sudden you're five goals up. You're going, this feels frighteningly real. Um, just our contest came undone. McInerney got on top in the ruck. He really dominated that for the ball and he really dominated that con. Didn't matter who he was on. TDK went off for a while. He dominated both of them. And my mate... Really wasn't making any inroads. No, he, he he got on top of that matchup and really controlled stoppage. Um, we lack connection between the lines. We had zero control of the ball when we were in possession. Couldn't control the tempo of the game. Um, winning the ball at stoppage, we just couldn't do it. And then when we did, we panicked. Yeah, it just didn't quite happen. We just looked light on for the handballs were either behind or yeah. got intercepted and stuff. It was just. We just looked a little between, bit light on for run and between the arcs and ideas between the arcs and quarters two and three. Keep going. What are you looking at? Oh, no, why are you fucking passing notes, you two? Like this is uh, no, no. social science. <laughs> no, no, just you know how Damo Barrett does his sliding doors. Doesn't understand the sliding doors. No, he doesn't get it. But. Well, he doesn't get it, but his sliding doors is he's saying that Ross Lyon should have been coach of the year and not Adam Kingsley. Yeah, you, you take that because he's taking taking his side to sixth on the ladder, and it's like no, no, he took them to seventh because they got beaten by GWS in that first final. I think, I think ultimately has taken from sixteenth to fourth. I think ultimately what Ross has rung out of that list was pretty good. But didn't Rats make the finals last year? Yeah. So what has so he rung out of the list? I, just, I think he's done a pretty good job. Look, I think he has too, but he's not the coach of the year. And he's a recognised coach. Tim, he's done it before. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to say this. I'm just going to flat out say it. Yeah, and you'll be wrong. I don't fucking care <laughs> about the coach of the year. No. And I'd, I, say, I, I'd, I, say that, I'd say that if it was Craig McRae or Brad Scott or you're like, who gives a shit? A, a smart person once said what does it the even coach mean? of the year is the premiership coach and and – if you're if you've got you know the old Leon Cameron line, if you've got the keys to the Ferrari, if you're coaching the Ferrari and you get a premiership, you're going well. You know, Alan Joyce also took Hawthorne to a premiership when Alan Jeans had had his what stroke or whatever it was when he was unwell. Um, I don't think it proved that Alan Joyce was a coaching no, doyen, but, but, but he was exactly right place right. at right time. This is exactly right. And I'm, I'm just like, but it's recognising what you've got, what you've been able like to do with it. It's just another award yeah, at the end of the yeah. season. Like I remember you saying Adam Kingsley won Assistant Coach of the Year. And it was yeah, like, did. how do you determine that? Well, it's, yeah. it's a voting system. Yeah. But it's voted by for whom? by players. Players. It's a player. It's a but players again, association Tim, this award. Is, I love this because it's like... How does a Hawthorne player give the Richmond Assistant Coach a vote? Because isn't everybody voting for your own assistant coach mm. who's been nominated? If Tim Davis was my assistant coach, I'd give him top marks. <laughs> I'd be like, amazing, couldn't think of anyone better. It's like, yep. what's the point? Yeah. And then someone at the AFLCA just goes, ah, oh, fucking Kingsley. If there was an award, Timbo, I'd give it to you. No, to Adam, not to, to me. No, to you. Oh, thank There's you. The greatest Tim on the planet. Yeah. The greatest Tim Davis. 
No. Greatest Tim. Better than Tim Cale? Better than Tim Duncan. Tim Allen? Better than Tim Allen. (laughs) (laughs) Cocaine dealer. I I did hear that, yeah. You know what? He was a crackhead. He was a crackhead. Buzz Lightyear. Good dude, though. Buzz Lightyear. And then written out, because he votes Republican, written out of Toy Story 4. Toy Story 4. Because he's a card-carrying Republican. Disney said, fuck you. You've got to be in the movie because you're Buzz Lightyear, but we're going to give you absolutely nothing to do. You've got to be in the movie because you're the most loved character in the franchise. You're the highest-selling toy asset we've got, so you're going to be in the film from that perspective, but we're going to give you fucking nothing to do, Mm. and then we're going to make a spin-off to use the IP still and recast the role. And we're also going to cancel your relatively well-rating family sitcom on ABC, which we own. Yeah. <laughs> Going, why? Because he votes Republican. Fair enough. Well done, Disney. Uh, that's the true story, Tim, by the way. Oh, no, no. I'm it's like fully aware of it. laughable. Yeah, fully aware of it. It's laughable. They did buzz dirty. They did. That yeah. whole film was a debacle. It was shit. You didn't mind it when you first saw it. No, it's, and it's, I, I, I'm just happy to see another Toy Story. But compared to the other ones. Oh, which were, as you've always said, you know, oh. Toy Story is the perfect movie. Love it. Have you? Have we told the Toy Story two story on um, Pod? You probably have. When it was a, a direct to DVD movie, it was just a sequel made as to cash in on Toy Story. It was just a direct to DVD kind of home video, which Disney used to do. Aladdin had a sequel that was just straight to DVD and yep. or video at the day, at the time, and that's what Toy Story two was and was what it was going to be. And Pixar sort of looked at it after a bit and they were like, "Oh, geez, this is like it's just not very good. It's like, geez, what is this? What are we making? Like, mm. fuck, this is it's like it's actually." And to be fair, a lot of those like Beauty and the Beast 2 and like uh, Jafar's Revenge and all those shitty sequels, they were crap. Yeah, yeah. Like they were terrible. But they were existing stories that were made into a once-only movie yeah, but and they in, go, how, even do, the how other do we stuff, now like, bleed more out of it? Toy um, Story was unique. Toy Story, like, actually, uh, Aladdin 3 wasn't bad. Uh, that's uh, uh, Aladdin's father. Um, it, was, uh, it, was, it was actually it was actually not a bad – King of Thieves, I think it was called. actually wasn't a bad movie. But the point being – so they make this film, it's not very good, blah, blah, blah. And then they kind of decide, we'll redo it. We'll kind of do it better. We'll try to do it properly. And they put it together so quickly. And then someone accidentally deleted it back in 1998 or nine. The film came out in 99. Shift delete. Someone accidentally deleted it. And they were like, oh, that's fucked then. Like the film, like it's gone. Like it's, it's gone. No backups? No. Some weirdo at Pixar was like, oh, I've got a working print. I've got a backup. Because he'd taken it home to work on it or work on something. Yeah, that, that, that's not sus. No, no, but he'd taken it home to work on something in the movie. And he just had, he goes, oh, no. So they had like a relatively recent version of the film, which if he hadn't had the copy, it was gone. That's nuts. Nuts. So not only did the film get saved from being just a straight to DVD, really slapshod, pretty ordinary film, they retooled it. And even then, it was almost completely lost. But some bloke just had he just had a copy of it on like a hard drive. I've always really liked that movie. I like it. I like how yeah. it's it's just it's kind of it's for display only. Woody's <laughs> roundup. Woody's roundup. The whole Star Wars thing. Hey yo, hey I'm on a yo yo. <laughs> I liked uh, the line halfway through. <laughs> I liked um <laughs> the snake in my boot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then the sad, you know, the whole thing about the show getting cancelled. Did he make the jump over the ravine? Well, that? You never yeah. find out. Never find out. The show got cancelled. The old prospector, of course, Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. Um, he. Uh, it was. It was. And Wayne Knight Sticky was Pete. the. Wayne Knight was the. Um, the the owner, wasn't he? He was the collector. I think so. Yes. Yep. Yeah. 
Isn't it funny? You see the opening of Toy Story 2 and you're like, oh, perfect, the video game thing, it's great. Mm. And then you watch the entirety of Lightyear and you're like, what have you done? Mm. Why did you think this is this is meant to be the film that Andy saw which wanted him, which made him want the Buzz Lightyear toy? Yeah. And you're like, no kid would ever like this movie. No. This movie sucks. Mm. And you've got so many adult hidden subliminal themes in there. Oh, it's, and it was just like, it's like yeah. I'm not saying it. No. Nah. Yeah, it's dog shit, Timber. It's terrible. And you're hey, like. It's so left, it's up your alley. Yeah. It's up your alley. It buddy. is. But it's like, just make a silly Star Wars space adventure like the opening of the second movie where it's mm. this like pulpy, fun, like action romp. Mm. Not this incredibly, like incredible soft. It was like Interstellar for kids. Yeah. I think I heard someone describe it as. It was pretty, pretty good description. Um. I'm just going to make the note. Disney does Tim Allen dirty. For <laughs> the pod notes. Um, so ultimately, Tim, you're no gonna, I'm going to I'm gonna give you five minutes here right. to go through your list analysis, which you did via text. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, so it was, it was question, more about... The question is, yeah. what do we need? Where are we placed? What are we looking at? Well, my first look was more about who remained out of contract both this end of this season and next season because we've obviously done a lot of work over the last... 18 months, two years to um, get contracts in order, sign people up long-term, um, avoid the um, attraction of Tasmania and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and um, and so we obviously... <laughs> I think the two key pieces at the moment that are unsigned... Well, not two key, but our two very you know, good players that are unsigned mm-hmm. are Marchbank and Cunningham. And the rumour is they'll be given... Short-term deals? Yeah, there were, I think there was there, there was a rumour saying that there are contracts in front of them already. Uh, evidently, there is a contract in front of Dow now. And obviously, this time last year or whenever it was, he said, you know, well, he had a year to run on the contract and he said, I want to fight for my position. So he didn't elect to um, look for a trade this time last year. Mm-hmm. Now he's out of contract, so he's far more gettable for opposition teams if they want to chase him. Um but I still think, aside from um, the way that he's viewed within the football club by match committee and whatever else, I think he showed more than enough this year that if we played him week to week, he would be an, be an asset. Mm. The question becomes, at what price, mm. at what tenure, and will somebody seek to pay more to be able to get you and yep. potentially have you for longer? I don't, and and I is think, that what we can't compete with? I think like the Zach Fisher um, offer. Yes, I think there'll be one put forward, and I don't think it's a dollar issue. It'll be a time frame issue. Yeah, that's so. Exactly Zach Fisher right. will go to North Melbourne because I believe they're offering him four years. Well, I think he's still got three to go on F- outside. What? I think he's being offered five. Okay, now take your Carlton hat off. If you're Zach Fisher, you take you take that deal. Well, that's quick. The question is, and and this is I think something he would mull up. Security is one thing, and I completely understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he is – I like Fish, but I think he is a surplus-type guy who we can get by without. I would, a, I'd like cream. him. I like him, and I, I'm more happy for him to stay. Yes. But a bit like Dow, we, we can get by without him. Yes. But, but, but our want is the, speed and skill, but and the they're question, his two strengths. I understand that. But the question that Fish has to weigh up is do you want to – you've lived this shit already. You were drafted in 2016, yeah, and the going, first, the f- you've just yeah. you've just had a sniff of playing in a good team, good and you're culture. You're going back six years, and you're going back five, six years. Yeah, you're going, on a five-year contract. You're going back to yeah. fucking root and branch rebuild. 
Yeah. And and they and, and they might they might come good in three. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Whatever. Mm. But you, you fuck, mate, you're going back to square one and you're going back to winning two and three games a year and you're going back to questionable culture. You're yep. going back to is this coach the right guy? You, I'd you're, like you're trading, I still have the passion. You're trading stability and you're trading all of that for security of contract, yep. which is great. When but you've the, still got three years to go on what's a but, pretty good but contract. The question he has to ask himself is Geez, do I want to do that? Do I want to go through that? So again? he's he under contract. And then, sorry, sorry, just he's still got three years. And, to go. and just with Fish, sorry, one more thing with him is he also or two years after this. He also becomes. Um, you also get to the point where you're, you're at a club where you're settled. You're at a club where you've got good relationships with the group. Obviously, you have to you, reform your best that. mates with the captain. But you have to reform all yeah. of that. Does that work? Will it not work? And footy clubs are always great. Like you don't get along with everyone, but you'll make new friends and you'll bed yourself in. That'll come. That'll sort. It, that'll yep. sort itself out. But it, it'll for him. You get the five year deal. Do you it's like either tiger? Do you trade your passion? Yep. Do, do you trade it for? It's just now. It's a job. Yeah. This is so, a job. This is my nine to five. This is but, my. But he's also going to a club who wants him, and he can't get into our best twenty. You know what else he's doing, moment. Tim? He's going to a club that doesn't have car parking. It yeah. sounds ridiculous. I'm gonna fucking be. It sounds absurd. Is this? Is this? He's not a metaphor. This is. A, Fact. So, this North Melbourne, like North Melbourne, I think they get like maybe he could swing as part of his contract negotiations a parking permit. But like, if you work at North Melbourne, there's no you park on the street. You park feed, on the street. Feed the meter and and you've got to find a car hooked. spot. And you got to fucking it's it's like it sounds absurd. Not the days at Cardno. There was there was a rumor. Parking that, inspectors mark the tires. There was a rumor going around. Do you want me to tell a story. There was a rumor going around that Dusty and I don't want to be fucking pinned on this. There's a rumor going around that that was something. Like when Dusty was touring clubs, and there was a thing with like North Melbourne, and it was just like this is just inconvenient. You probably went for his meeting at the club <sighs> and went. I got a ticket. I got to find a park, car park. I got to find a fucking parking spot. But it was just like I'm not saying he didn't go to North Melbourne because he couldn't get a fucking car spot. But mm. it was like this is just inconvenient, isn't it? This is just like Jesus. Why wouldn't they built like a, a player's car park? An underground they had car a good park. Traffic engineer. They did. Tell your story about Cardinal. Um, well, Tim's. We we used to, alumni. We used to have a <laughs> survived a few tours on site car park um, that was relatively small and very very tight. It was the triple tandem, so it wasn't just the the two. It was the three vehicles, and you had remember the whiteboard, yeah. right? And one of those spaces, I'm convinced, was like two point three meters wide. It was up against the wall that had a pipe on it, and it's like this thing. It's nothing was compliant, and uh, you know, which I love. It like a traffic, traffic engineer. engineer yeah. 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 <laughs> And, um, Which we did lease the building in fairness. We didn't design um, it. It was an old building. And I actually love Oxford Street. I love those old buildings and so what they've I. done with them. Yeah. Phenomenal. Um, and so that parking was it was minimal. Like it was a, quite a big company. Like how many staff would there have been? 80? Oh, no, there was more than that. You that, reckon? That's what it was in Grogan Richards days, like mm. at, at the old building. Yeah, I'm talking about at. You're talking about Moore Street. Oh, it was Moore 80. Street. It was eighty. So say say a hundred. Hundred and twenty. Right. And there would have been forty car spaces. They'd always say to Peter Perkins, "How many people work there?" And he'd say, "About half of them." <laughs> <laughs> um. So we were resigned to parking on the street a lot of the time, and you were either in Oxford Street or Cambridge Street. Yep. And. Feed the meter. Not only feed the meter, move the car. Because they're four-hour parks. Four-hour parks. They had some all day once, but they were further away from the It was just annoying. 
And so Dylan and I. That's enough for me to honestly. Quit. That's enough for me to be like, nah, I'm not working here. So what we. I don't want to fucking go through this every day. Well, you did. We eventually, after what I'm about to tell you happened, we eventually, as you came in, you could circulate up. Well, we had a couple of levels. Remember that level that used to line up with where the bridge was? Yeah. And Con used to go out there for a smoke and whatever. Yeah, yeah. You just circulate up, and they were all reserved for other businesses that were in the area. And on the roof, it was reserved, but it was never, never a car there. And we all just went, park on the roof. Fuck it. And we all just parked on the roof. And it was great because then you just walked down one little ramp and then you were straight in the building. It was great. But before we figured that out, Dylan and I were walking one morning and we had a look at the, uh, the parking permits. So we got a digital camera back then. You couldn't use your phone. We took a photo. We mocked it up. We went to the news agents. We got the right coloured paper. And we rang... Yarra City Council and got the little because they used to come in like little envelopes little plastic that, they used to hang off your mirror and we ordered a couple and we made ourselves fake parking purposes parked on the street that's remarkable I love it so um, now now they've got like the holograms and shit in them yeah and before they were just you were Frank Abagnale Jr. before Frank Abagnale <laughs> not Jr. Abignale, not Abagnale not <laughs> Abig now. <laughs> Teaching French class. Yeah. So, um, great movie. Amazing yeah. movie. One of my absolute I love it. favorites. I love it. I love it. Two I love mice it. fell in a bucket of cream. <laughs> yeah. I am that second mouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Oh, um, we've spoken about it before. How good is it when he, like, even little things where he, he goes, you just missed him. He goes, here, because he gives him the wall. He goes, oh, you hold on to it. The best bit. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, Marchbank Cunningham. Uh, should get offered. The guy I'm most fascinated with, and and, and it's it's probably not right um, because he just can't get his body right, Sam Phil. Yep, rookie him. Uh, I, I would love us to delist and re-rookie him. Okay, so as part of the three m- mandatory list changes, yes. we've made two. Ed. So Ed and Plough have retired, and obviously that's going to be on your run sheet as well. It wasn't. We can talk about yeah. it. Yeah, no, we'll do it now. Right. So, oh, so just, they're, they're... Uh, yeah. Fantastic servant of the club, yeah. role playing footballer, strong leader. Um, I just hate importance the importance in the club room and regarded by teammates and all that sort of stuff. And every football club has and will always have a whipping boy. Yeah. Um, and, and who will divide. Um, I said it on Twitter, Tim. So I said on Twitter that a lot of it was driven by local footy club heroes who have, who are not within cooey of playing <laughs> league football and they need a wake-up call. They are shit. They are absolutely nowhere near the level. And the amount of carry-on that goes on between those types of people... To say, I could do what Plough To does. knock a guy like Plough, yeah. you're going, you're nowhere near it. I'd be half a mind to, if you saw particularly... If someone was getting particularly vocal, I'd invite them down to training yeah. and go, do a session. Mm. And we'll see how you go. Go, it ends when you tap out, when you've had enough. Go, we're going to do a warm-up. We're going to do a 3K warm-up. Uh, and then we're going to do 45 minutes of match sim. Mm. Going, just go, and we'll see how long you got in you. Not even the warm-up. 
So John, my uncle, <laughs> when he, my uncle, when he played at St Kilda, so in the late eighties, he said, and the clubs are very open about this. I mean, famously, um, old my old mate Molly came yeah, down to Carlton, yeah. because people would just rock up, and the club was usually like, yeah, yeah. yeah why not? Yeah, join in. Just go. Why not? Yeah. Go, who knows? You know, if you're no good, you'll wash out. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Go, and if there's something there, we get something for nothing. Why not? Yeah. It, it probably wasn't. I don't know how much um, mayo's on Molly just literally turning up at the club. And in terms of like not knowing who he is or where he's from, sort of thing. He went to Prince's Hill Secondary College. He he lived around the corner. But like Willie Mays Hayes style, just turning up to training. Who's this cut already? (laughs) 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 Um, But John said guys would turn up, and the club was like, "Yeah, no problems. Have a run." He goes, "They'd be done in fifteen minutes. Yeah, Hmm. they'd be out. They'd be done." There's a big difference. And I think what drives it is those complete morons. And then it gets momentum. The fact of the matter is he played 145 games of league footy. He played 125 games for Carlton. That's 125 more games for Carlton than our entire listenership combined, I would imagine. Yes. Um, so good on oh, him for I that. I not go that far. I reckon there's a few. Oh, no. I, I, oh, Mark, Mark Elvey, if he <laughs> listens. Got a few? He played for Footscray. Western Bulldogs. And Essendon. Yeah, but not for Carlton. No, How many games did Fran Shannon play? Oh, he actually played quite a few. What does he listen? I'll ask him. Not a listener. Um, but, but potentially a listener. But the point is... Pa- part-time. But the point is, um, you don't play 125 games, let alone 145 games of league footy. His name's on the locker. You don't get that far if you're shit. That's right. Doesn't cu- happen. The couple of games he played on Charlie Cameron are things of absolute legend. He could play tall. He could play short. And... When you analyse that, yeah, he made obvious, some obvious errors and what have you. He was also playing in one of the worst fucking sides this league has ever seen. So, I mean, look, in in closing, we'll we'll borrow a phrase from, I don't know if uh, it's his, I think it's his girlfriend or whatever. I'm a Lockie Plowman fan. And I think that was actually a little bit, um, when she said that, she was in the rooms and it was a bit sad. Yeah, because you sort of went like, "Good on you!" Like yeah. not knocking her, yeah. but you sort of went that that's the attitude or the rationale is, you know, he feels as though there's a, a section of the supporter base um, that is probably that's larger than it actually is mm. that feels a particular way about him. When I think the majority of the supporter base, I think, are incredibly mm. um, thankful yep. for his time in Navy yep. Blue. Yep, absolutely. And, and, and look, you know, we we were also devotees of the. Stephen Silvani list build and we liked what he did and he always just had a handful of guys that he really, really liked. He'd obviously drafted them to one team, liked him, liked them enough, knew that they were gettable, got them in and wanted to continue. He, he knew and, and, and the David Parkin view was you look for quality of individual and not to say you get really good blokes who are shit footballers. Mm. You, you want footballing You could tell he was well. always that type of bloke. He was in a lot of the ads. Like Mate, the, I'm so glad someone posted it on Twitter. My immediate thought was, what do you think of like the good plough moments? I love the one. Wasn't on, anyone in the bath? That was amazing. <laughs> uh, I didn't didn't seem to take himself too seriously, which is good. No. Um, I love the one. Uh, his big one-on-one win against Jamie Elliott was in 2017, I think yep. it was. Yeah, yep. very late in the game. Definitely won that one-on-one, which was really important. Got suspended for trying to mark the football. Unbelievable. Couldn't be considered a marking contest, despite <laughs> the fact the ball was kicked to Jager O'Meara and he was contesting it. Unbelievable. Yep. Kangaroo court. Um, no, but the one where they were making, like, smoothies or something, they were making fruit juices, and they were mixing them up. And it was him, Cruz, Sauce, and Dennis Armfield, I think. And they had, he had it in the pitcher. 
but the consistency was so thick that when he lifted the pitcher up, the bottom fell out of it. <laughs> and someone put it on Twitter. I need to start taking a note of who it is because I immediately – I was like, oh, I want to find the clip. And it had obviously tickled someone else and they, they posted it. And it, it, it's just brilliant because he goes, yeah, we'll give this a go. And he goes to pick the pitcher up to pour it into a glass and it just – the ass falls out of the <laughs> – and just and I think I don't know if it was Armfield. He's just he, Sauce, and, and um, Cruz are just losing it, and Armfield's like, "It's too thick." <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just phenomenal. So, Mister Plough, shout out, 125 mm. games for us. Name on the locker. Um, Congratulations. You're on not what a listener. You are able to achieve. Absolutely. You're, you're not a listener, um, but. Should have been because this is the one – this was a safe space. It was for, a safe yeah, space. Yeah. But, no, look, shout out. Unbelievable stuff. We really love watching you play all these years. Obviously went into bat, bat for you a little bit. But um, super thankful for your contributions to the footy club. And uh, we wish you all the very, very best in whatever comes next and certainly hope that in future – um, you know, you, you feel comfortable enough to come back and be a part of the club. Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. Because you'll be always welcome. And if he's a good enough bloke like that, you know, if he has an interest in being a development coach, he could be a guy that... Not even that, but like just turn up and do like little events. Be at the or club, mm, yeah. Do yeah. little... Absolutely. You know, have a bit Absolutely. of fun. Cause he, I think he's got a bit of spunk and a bit yeah. of personality like about Daniel him. Like Daniel Gorringe. Who, 100%. Oh, and, and admittedly, was he self-admitted, not a great footballer. That's, he's been well, everywhere. Well, his comment saying, I was picked 10 in the draft, he said, I was not that good. He goes, I was really tall and I was a half-decent athlete and I got thrust into an arena that I had no you know, right to well, be a part of. Well, they had Sam Day and yeah. obviously Tom Lynch and yeah, him yeah. and who was the other? Was another Tom Hickey was Tom another Hickey. tall in the day, yeah. 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 Um, so, I've been looking, closing on the what do we need conversation, Tim. I think ultimately the Philp thing for me comes down to speed. Yep. We need speed. We need so is he he being re-rookied considered one of the three list changes? Well, no, and that that would have to happen. That that's not a um, that's not an instantaneous thing. The way that we've done that before, with you have um, to drop them, and he then physically has physically has to be dropped, yeah. and then it means he is in the open pool, and we have to select him. So, I think, and, and I think Silvani is the king of. I believe in this person, yeah. and I, I think there is talk that there may be interest from St Kilda. So you'd have to select him before Soss did if he's interested in him, and if his football career, you know, continues on somewhere else, all power good to, luck him. to him. A little bit like Liam Stocker, he's found a spot and been able to continue on, and good luck to him. The bottom line is Sam Philp has something that we need, correct, speed. and we already have him. Well, that's exactly so. It's right. sort of like what are the mechanics of like it, and and, and as you oh, say, I've got this thing, Tim. There's 45. What is it? What's the number? 46? It's 45. It's 38. It's 47 because you can have so, six rookie, A-listed rookies, three category Bs. And category Bs. And we have three category so Bs this year. my attitude is... And we picked up the two Irish. If Sam, two Philp, three, yeah. if Sam Philp ultimately gets another year, he becomes or he slots in at the moment, he slots into like the 43rd spot on well, the he list. Does. Mm. He does. Is that better? Is he a better option for a year than a kid in the rookie draft? He is. Yeah. He just is. Well, and and he and is, he, he, knows. he is, but you have to delist him to get him on no, the I agree rookie that. list, and yeah. that's no, no, your I risk agree. of losing. But that's, in terms but, yeah, of, but that's that's a risk worth taking. But that, in terms of filling that. a list spot, yep. the alternative to filling that list spot is a kid in the rookie draft, mm. and you're going to go and – and I've always said this, no knock on these kids. Yep. If you're struggling to win the ball at NAB League level and we're going to need to get you in for a year, the, the, the prospect that you're going to be able to show us enough in a year mm. in the VFL to win another contract is pretty slim. Yeah. Mm. 
the known but quantity. Go to the VFL. The, go to the, Sandville and but yeah. a year after, give mm. the guys a year or two in the VFL. But with Sandville, Nick Holman style, he's more of a known quantity. Yep, we know enough about him. It if, makes sense. If we have the and has the attributes that we are seeking, seeking. to add. Yes. If we have the opportunity to rookie him, I hope that we do. I agree. Um, the other ones that um, quickly, Tim O'Brien is contracted, but we're looking to trade him. Um, Dow is not contracted, so we'll see what happens. There is talk that we have an Betty interest. Dow, I think Paddy Dow just loves the club. Well, and, and, and again, I think he just loves the club, and he well, lives he, with he Walsh. He lives and, with Walsh, and yeah. they're very tight. Walsh to keeps taking him to the Brownlow. <laughs> I know how good, how good. Like Sam Walsh, you are one of the best players in the league. Like ugly people who have your talent can get stunning-looking women, right? I'm sure you can get one. Stop taking Paddy Dow to the Brownlow. Oh, I like it. I like it. Uh, the one apparently we're showing a level of interest in is Hayden Crozier. Not 100% sure why, but he's injured, isn't he? Oh, well, I, that I don't know. You know what Hayden Crozier is? A great mark of the football. Correct. He's that. A fucking lovely guy. Is he really? Oh. Well, that's... I've the, met him... He took that outrageous mark. Was that in under 18? Under 18. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe. Jesus Christ. No, he, he's, so he's one got, of the genuinely got, the best marks you've ever seen. He's got speed. He's got agility. He clearly has a leap. They also um, want to use him at half back. And he, he's not a back. See, because he played forward a lot, but then. He'd play a lot of twos, I reckon. And, and I reckon it was Austin has recruited him out of Frio to Bulldogs. Bulldogs. So he knows. Same thing with what the Sauce thing. Yeah. And, and, and again, he's recruited Jordan Boyd. I don't mind him. A couple him. of times he's recruited Lewis Young. I don't mind him as a. We spoke about it last year and we didn't use Ed Kerner like this. I don't mind him as a quasi playing coach in the twos. Yep. Well, and, and, and if. Again. We are interested in him as a delisted free agent. I agree. So all it will be is if we don't use our last pick in the draft and we pick him up instead, you do it. 30 seconds on Elijah Hollands. Uh, Elijah Hollands going into his under-18 season was deemed to be the best player in the under-18s. Mm-hmm. He's done an ACL playing school footy, I believe, at Caulfield Grammar. Um, spent the whole season on the fucking whatever they are, Sandringham Dragons list, rehabilitating was still seen fit to go pick seven in the draft, but a lot of people still thought he was probably going to go as early as four. Um, but obviously Gold Coast said, you've got talent. Where will You do your rehabilitation with us. You take mm. your time, yada, yada, yada. He's seen out the first tenure you know, section of his contract and all that sort of stuff. Obviously, he has a brother on our list who's clearly going well. He has ability. He has good foot skills, both feet. I think he I clearly like his brother, a very good engine. Um, I don't know that he is lightning fast per se, but I don't think he is at all slow. But is he more inside? I think he does a bit of both, but I think... He looks a little bit bigger? uh, Yeah, I I would be looking at him as a half-forward wing, half-back hybrid. You know, you you want the ball in the hands of the guys that use it the best. If we have a strength inside and we want players on the outside that can link up, kick inside, if if we're going to be looking to take these risky kicks where we're, you know going the C-shape, going corridor and all that sort of stuff, having ha- having ball in hands of guys like that who clearly have ability, he fits with us a treat. Are, are you happy? So The talk are, is a future second. Which, yeah. Which for, for us might be pick 30 do we plus. have? But do we, we don't have a second this year. We don't have a second this year because that's Lockie Cowan. So we'd have a future second. That's exactly right. So it's, it's, and we all, don't have all, a third this year either. That's, yeah, that's, that's Blake Akers. That's Blake Akers. a future yeah. second, is, uh, uh, is that a deal... Just on its own, on its own merits. Mooted. But yeah. is that, from your perspective, so if the deal was future second, should we do that? 
It's highway robbery if okay. we get him for a future second. Okay. I, I think we leave it there. Do you know who the best recruit's going to be? Zach Williams. Um, well, that's, yeah. Look, he's a, I like he's a great ad. He's a great ad. I like him. And, I like and, him. But what position do you play him? Halfback. You do play him halfback? Yep. He's not a midfielder, and his best game of footy was that game against Collingwood. Yep. And and we spoke about it at the time. I was actually talking about potentially playing him forward. Eey. If you've got speed in the forward line, he can tackle. So is that – and I'm just throwing it out there. Is that a – I don't want to see him play you know back the, pocket. I don't mind the mad scientist the, approach the, of just throwing the magnets around occasionally. The one with speed and ball use – in the back pocket, I think we saw on Boyd Saturday. That's and I tell you what, that's I said to the bloke next to me at the pub in hey, Vietnam. I said, didn't want to have a bar of anyone else having I said, that. He can kick this, yeah. and the guys sort of looked at me. I said, he can kick this. He goes, who are you? <laughs> he goes, what are <laughs> and, you doing? And, and he's he, yeah, and he's called his shot. And uh, Jake Taylor style. Wow, we. So, if, if he'd have kicked that, yeah, and I agree. Um, I think with a. There was a couple um, of almost moments on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I think, it with, was I the think Harry, with Williams. It was the Cherish set, set shot yeah, was a disaster. Yeah. Charlie missed one. TDK yeah. missed one. Harry hit the – TDK looked like he was about to explode a couple of times on our forward what line. What a final series. Played what well. What a final series. Played well. Yeah. Uh, I think with Williams, we saw at the back – the halfback flank against Collingwood was his best game for the footy club. No and the way we're playing footy at the moment actually suits him better yeah. than w- when he'd first come into the team. Correct. It actually – Fits him a hell of a lot better than the stodgy stuff. And, and he, he's a and guy he's that just seen goes. everything that happened this year, and he's ready to go. But he, he's a guy that doesn't want structure. No, no, no. Exactly he just right. want, which is why I think he played so well against Collingwood. Yeah, it yep. was a chaotic day, and he's yeah. just like, "This is fine." Yeah. Yep. The the only other two things I wanted to say. You want nuts? <laughs> Let's get nuts. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jack Martin comes out of contract at the end of next season. Yeah. So obviously now think, is the we'll time. To, I don't think we'll have to beat off too many. I, I don't think uh, there'll be. Pardon the pun. I, I don't um, think to, there'll be to get huge that competition. Done. But I, I think, as you say, do you, how long do you offer him? At what coin? You're looking to balance out salary caps and <laughs> all the, that sort of stuff. Uh, that, that's the Dan Stevens when he was on some British morning show and he, he booked some gig in America and the the, the lady, the host goes. I bet you had to beat off a lot of men to get this. He goes, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> but didn't some wasn't the commentary beat out? Um, beat out. Someone said, "Oh, Ratten's pulled for Voller off at halftime or something like that," and the co-commentator started chuckling. I can't remember the guy's name. He played for Manchester City in the sixties or seventies, and uh, beautiful. Stuff. And he played um, he played one game for England uh, under Elf Ramsey, and um, he comes in at. It's before the game. It's before the game, and uh, he was a bit of a he was a bit of a, a character. This this guy, and he goes, "Listen, Alf Ramsey goes, listen, you because uh, I don't want to see any stuff. I want to see effort. I want to see blah blah blah. I want to see you really crack in." He goes, and uh, he goes, "Look, he goes, make no bones about it. He goes, if you don't give me what I want to see, he goes, because I'm going to pull you off at halftime." <laughs> and the guy apparently deadpan. He goes, "Geez, he goes at Man City, we get an orange and a cup of tea." <laughs> and he goes, and he goes, a few people chuckled. He goes, "Never played for England again." Yeah, <laughs> he goes, that was it. Um, so, excellent stuff, Tim Davis. Thank you. Um, I'm going to do a quick rant this week, and the rant will not be against the Brisbane Lions. The rant will be against Essendon. Yeah, okay. So, the Brisbane Lions, in the end... The I Brisbane just... Arrange! <laughs> <laughs> what do I need? Where is it? I can't find it. I need, I need the... Uh... <laughs> we have a fab talks. Um so Brisbane in the end, I sort of thought, oh, I ran against them. And I went, no, I'm not going to rant against Brisbane because in the aftermath of the game, 
Another fan base came across my radar, Tim Davis. Yes, I noticed. Um, so in a break from very early tradition, we're going we're gonna to rant against Essendon, yeah, because I have no problem if we're going to cop some flack from gleeful supporters, you know, marinating and celebrating our defeat. That's part Winners are grinners. Winners are grinners. That is part of the game. Melbourne fans, well, we beat you last week, be a bit spurned. Eh, what might we have done? It's yeah, yeah. a natural reaction. Absolutely. We could have done, we would have made a better fist of it, whatever. Mm. You know, Collingwood fans, they can say what they want. They're relieved to not be playing us. Uh, they ultimately win their game. Winners can please themselves. Essendon fans, <laughs> do they have no shame? Do they have no awareness? The breathless hypocrisy of these fucking pissant losers having a crack at the Carlton Football Club for, for making finals. a preliminary final and competing cannot go unchecked. It's almost as if Essendon fans are completely oblivious to the fact that they were fifth and talking up hopes of top four. That was eight fucking weeks ago. That's exactly right. They didn't make it. They fell out because they're a fucking pathetic football club. They fell out and then they, oh, this, that, the other. Uh, you know what they are? They are the best PR machine in the competition. Yeah. Every fucking summer you can set your watch to Jake Stringer's going to push into the midfield this year. Oh, it's going to break out. Wait till you see Zach Reed, Tim. Just fucking wait. Who? <laughs> Who the fuck are you talking about? Essendon, shut up. Just fucking tuck yourselves into line for once in your fucking history. Recognise you are shit, you are irrelevant, you are meaningless, you are bang fucking average at best. At best. And have some fucking awareness and use that to get better. And when you get better, you know what can happen? You stop taking pot shots at us because everyone in football knows we know it, you know it, the game knows it. You fucking yearn for what we got. That's exactly right. You fucking yearn. You watched us play Sydney and you watched the scenes afterwards. You watched us beat Melbourne. You watched the fucking finish and the crowd. You fucking want it. They, they you ev- want it more than anything. Every single Essendon supporter to a man, woman, child has said, I can't wait till that is us. So and, 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 while you're doing that, some little Tim, pissant is going to turn around and give us shit. You're Tim, going, while you're doing that, no, shut up. Back in your lane. While you're doing that and while you're waiting for that moment, and as much as it pains me, it will come again. Yeah. I hope that it never does, but it will come again. Mm-hmm. And until you get that moment, just shut up. And how devastating that Dodoro's had to take a so, sideways step. Ultimately for me, like... Uh, so obviously Leslie's not a listener. Go to the shops, <laughs> buy a clue. <laughs> Honestly, buy a clue, buy some shame. Buy some perspective. You still run like the factions of the fucking 1980s and Kevin Sheedy still holds sway down there. Scary. And while that happens, you won't be any good. He was sent old 20 years mate, ago. Mate, the guy didn't have a clue in his last five years of coaching. So he doesn't have a clue 15 years after that. Get yourself some sort of fucking idea as how to run a modern football club. You can pot us all you want, but at least we've adapted. And in the time that we've been dog shit, okay again, dog shit again, and then rebuilt, we've won more finals than you fuckers have in the last 20 years. Correct. <laughs> it's right. And that's it's we've been putrid. We've been awful. <laughs> we have been genuinely awful twice. Genuinely awful. And kind of come back to be okay. Mm, come back to be okay. And we've won what? We've won four finals in that state. Yeah. Next. That's an indictment Five. on the Essendon Football Club. It's an indictment. Five finals. Four finals played in five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's an you. indictment yeah, yeah, on right. the Essendon Football Club. So ultimately, you want what we had. That's fine. A little bit of respect. And but don't be mouthy about it. Yeah. 
have some shame, have some awareness, have a clue. Well, as I said to one of the the guy who referred to himself as up the mighty dons, and I just said, just do yourself a favour. Just remove the mighty from your Twitter handle. Just mm. be up the dons. That would be perfectly fine because there's nothing mighty about your football. And then club. I want to give a slight clip as well to St Kilda, just a minor rant against St Kilda. You cockheads could disappear from the football ecosystem tomorrow and there'd be no measurable impact on there the game. There was a Bulldog supporter. There'd be no measurable impact on the game of football. If St Kilda just disappeared... Who? Was it Joe? Maybe. If St Kilda just disappeared tomorrow, the football environment would just move on. Wouldn't care. You'd go, oh, whatever. I don't disagree. So you're irrelevant. No one cares about you. Knock, knock. Who's there? Not you. Not you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, shit. Um, I mean, look, with the Saints, you could put their fucking entire history on an A4 piece of paper. Well, they were saying in sixteen in going through the whole <laughs> double spacing when they were doing the whole Collingwood Grand Final history thing on SEN, and they were saying, "Look, St Kilda's only played in X amount of Grand Finals." You know, Collingwood's had obviously more losses than St Kilda have ever played in for, but the Bulldogs have only played in four Grand Finals. It's unbelievable. Four. It's not a good. It's not a good record. Fucking hell. It's not a good record at all. Excellent stuff. We move on. We move on. We move on. S.I. Morales time. This, I've got two. I have got two. S.I. Morales nods. I'm keen to take the temperature of the room, and I hope that you're on the same page. How about we just do the one, two, three, and then we all share it well, I've got two. Oh, shit. Pick one. Who have you got? Give it to me. Jordan Boyd. Jordan Boyd. Yeah, I had Jordan Boyd, and I had one other. TDK? Nope. Uh, Harry? Nope. Caleb Marchbank? Nope. Adam Saad? Nope. Matthew Cottrell? Nope. Hmm. Matthew okay. Cottrell was a bit quiet after I his feel first like, goal. Uh, I had moments, I, I, yeah. I feel like... Um, I still can't believe that snap. Is it, It's still coming down. Jesus. Uh, I feel like John Totaro in, uh, in You Don't Mess With The Zohan, you know, in uh, Rob Schneider's, like, Trying to, he's trying to bargain. You're going to say him. Mitch McGovern. He's going to bar, try to bargain with him for like, what if I give you this information? You give me Mook and Tuken restaurant. You give me free meals. And he goes, no, no. Who is who is your other player? You working your way through the list. Tim's brought up the list. Yeah. Georgie Hewitt. Nope. I thought he cracked in. Didn't get high possessions as such, but I thought his work rate was exceptional all day. I thought his moments with ball in hand were positive. Hollands. Ollie Hollands. Yes. Yeah. I think he. In a prelim final. When he gets was two pre-seasons under his belt just for hardness of body. Yeah. I thought he has finished the year better than he started it. And he started very well, but you could yeah. see lim- – no, but you could you saw limitations in what his output was because he was engine without- He's obviously gone away and worked him, though, because when needed, he was the one they sought to brought in. Well, to bring in his decision-making across 20 weeks – not that it was poor early. Is he the best runner at the club? Is he is, he, is he a better runner than Walsh? No. Nope. He's a different runner than Walsh, but he's very good. And, and Cottrell's obviously good too. And obviously yeah. my boy can run. Who's your boy? Oh, Are we going to just fucking forget the Blake Acres? Oh, Shady, yeah. He's back. He's, got, he's, got the, he's ready to adopt him. He's got the, the certificate. He's got the, the papers out. 
He's got him signed on his end. He's going to have Blake Akers, like, you know, sign his signature. Did he he's touch actually... a ball with his hair? <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did. And, and there, was, there was a shot that an opposition supporter put up on Twitter. They said, every single defender in the AFL next season with the biggest afro you've ever seen. And you've gone. Yeah, but you're going to have the running funny. capacity that Blake has to keep getting into those positions. Do you know what's fascinating, Lucky though? it wasn't Mill Hanna. Well, if, this is it. Um, if... The physicist in you says if the ball goes past your hair at pace, mm. the breeze of the ball will move your hair, will ruffle the feathers. Mm. Does it mean it's touched your hair? Like I, To me, that wasn't – I thought they were going to give a goal. I could see how they wouldn't. The fact that he's turned around and he said to the umpire, it's hit, it's hit my hair, because like, clearly it didn't hit his head. He said, but it has hit his hair. I want to do – I dead said, I want to do a T-shirt with like – you know when they do the awards and they're like the FIFA the Ballon d'Or? <laughs> no, no, FIFA Ballon d'Or and it's like they do the, the split screens of like all the, the goalkeepers are sitting there ready for who's the best goalkeeper in the world mm. and have like, you know, Allison and De Gea and, you know mm. – um, Neuer. The, Neuer, et cetera. Um, obviously uh, Edison and have Blake Akers yeah. sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> like the Oscars, it was it was the really Oscars good. style. It was really uh, we're going to move through these quickly because Fab is on the clock. Chicken salads, what a start. The start was exceptional. Um, I wish now I'd really... celebrated it a bit more. Well, I was with I, I, I checked my yeah. emotions. Although we just, I thought our shape behind the ball was outstanding. Our ball our pressure was, was great. Our pressure was brilliant. It was Josh DeLuca style pressure. Our, con- our, contest, our contest was outstanding. We gave ourselves little margin for error. So we gave ourselves a, a margin for error, which was great. Yep. We just needed to hold that for a little bit longer. Longer. Um, but I thought it was good. And we mentioned earlier, I mean, our best football on the day was fantastic and, and the boys should take a lot of heart out of that. Correct. Sam Walsh, uh, I think we can put a, a line through the 2018 draft conversation. Without a doubt, his final um, series has been... Looking like forward to, can, looking can forward to Gary... Be- can he be beaten in the Gary? Yeah, they weight it. So you get 1.5 weighting okay. for grand final because obviously the rationale is a lot of those guys grand will, final will be playing. No, but like they'll be playing their third game. Correct, rather than four. Correct. Um, so, so who can beat him? I, I don't know. Tim. No, 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 sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's had a fantastic <laughs> campaign and I can't wait for the next time Gary Lyon tries to tell us that Max King's the best player in that draft. Um, really look forward to that. He's held firm for a couple of years now, old uh, Lone Wolf. Do you know who loved a bit of... Max King, Water. Oh yeah, no, no. But leading the, into the draft, you the King boys were well, your. Before he did the ACL, they were they were basically like because and again he's, he's a guy he's that's got no what, size. What what was Neither what was my issue do. with him? He's got no what size. What was my issue with him? Well, they're too tall. Stiff, too skinny. skinny. Too skinny. He got no yeah. size. Like at yeah. least remember that. Um, we'll all remember. It. Remember that photo in preseason of Harry, Harry. McKay a couple <laughs> of years ago. It just, you just went fuck. Yeah. Jesus, this boy's a man. The, the guy who's going to go pick two is a kid called Jed Walter at Gold Coast, and he might be a Charlie Curnow clone. He's about 194, but he's a guy that's going to pack on size mm. and he's got athleticism and all that sort of stuff. And you just sort of go and look, as far as pieces of plasticine go, of what you might be able to mould him into. He's going to be good. Do they do that at the start? Like after every they goal, do. I think they oh, do. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah, if that's as good as you got. Yeah. My last chicken salad is a shout out to a maligned trio. A fantastic finish. If the Giants were on the Gold Coast, the club would be bigger. I don't understand what you're saying. Do you know what I mean? I reckon 
given their success, they have you know, more crowd. That that it, it, it people go. Yeah, yeah, but it'd also be a different list build. It'd be they'd have different concessions. It's, it's not apples and apples from a the, build. The point Giants of view. and the Suns. Yeah, you reckon? Yeah, yeah it's, it's different. So my last chicken salad is for a maligned trio. A fantastic finish to the year. Um, for the likes of Mitch McGavin, Brody Kemp didn't play obviously in the last game, but he had a fantastic. Was that a mistake? Uh, Eric Hipwood was oh, involved yeah. more than I would have liked to we, have seen. Weeders got beaten on the lead when the ball came in quickly. Yeah. Well, you don't expect Coleman kicking the ball seventy-five no, 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 meters. No, no. But, that, um, that, that's but sorry, the point. McGovern, like, Kemp, you're not def- you're not expected to defend what we were asked to defend. Um, but it, but if you don't have if you don't have Kemp you don't have like if you do have Kemp you, you don't, don't have, have Boyd. Boyd, and I think in the end Boyd was the right call we and he actually gave lose. us enough. I don't think we lost the game no. because of that. But you McGovern, just hope that they've managed the conversation well. Yeah, McGovern, Kemp, and Marchbank. I think a maligned trio when the yep. year started. I think they all ended the season pretty positively and could be yep. very pleased with their finishes going into next preseason. I'd be interested to know what they do with Cunningham's shoulder in the off season. Does have he to get have it done. surgery? Have to get it done. Yeah. Yep. Uh, chicken shits. Just one for me. Another September ends interstate. So for the fifth finals campaign in a row, we are yep. eliminated on the road. You've got to take care of business early. You've got to take care of business early. Put yourself in a position where you yep. don't have to travel. Obviously, be good enough to take care of business, 100%. Mm. But it's just another one of those variables. If you can control it, Correct. playing at home is such mm. an advantage. Um, winning interstate is hard in the season Very proper, hard. Well, let we, alone We've proven this off-season that if we host a preliminary final... <laughs> There will be ninety eight thousand people there. Yep, and and how, know, how insecure? Honestly, I, I found it so cute. How insecure were Collingwood about the Carlton, the Carlton crowd well, conversation? Be, be, because they brilliant. know that we have this. Is the Collingwood mantra that this is us? This is what we can do, and it's sort of like we do too. Mm, I think so, Essendon. No, and they so do. Rich. They do, but but yeah, mm. but but Essendon have to play good enough football to capture the crowd. They, I'm saying, but if they that, were, no doubt. No doubt, but as you say, they've got the, they've got the they following. like to think that they are unique, They're and not. they are not. They are not. It's called the Big Four for a reason. Correct. Mailbox. It's more than one. <laughs> All right. Uh, you got, got mail. Kicking us off, mailbox Timothy J. Surely there's a correlation between Carlton's Triple M, Martin McGovern, and Marchbank having their healthiest and most successful seasons, and Carlton's own success. Well, yeah, I mean we spoke about it, but they're they're three guys that were all brought in you know, an earmarked for quite specific roles yep. structurally and, and to finally get some decent footy and, and a sustained run out of them was really, really good. Well, they had huge reputations and they've finally been able to make good on it concurrently. And and for a side that had wanted for so much to be able to have received so little collectively from them, and it wasn't even like we had one guy having a good season while the other two were off, all three were really there mm. and really playing any decent footy. 100%. Uh, Gigantor. Uh, in the finals, did we lapse too far back into bad habits from earlier in the season? Clearly our defence held up, but scoring was a major issue. We sort of touched on it earlier. It's a point well made. We, we just went a little bit... Safe. We just went We just went a little bit... Um, defensive. Defensive. We got a little bit sort of... Uh, not Overall, it's not the word, but we... I think we tried to control It's been a very low-scoring final series. We, we, yeah. we, which, which, at, we tried to control We tempo, pushed back at yeah, the expense of structure ahead of the ability to move forward, yeah. Um, what do we got? Steph has just popped in to say, huge thanks for another great season of the pod. Riding the waves this year has been uh, a beautiful thing with the three of you as weekly therapy. Thank you, Steph. Thank you, Steph. Very lovely of you to say. Uh, Jack uh, said, I don't believe it. You're recording. Hallelujah. 
In the off-season, what's the biggest issue we need to solve with personnel? Oh, it's pace, isn't it? Speed, skill, ball movement. It's, it's, it's so simple. Yep. And maintain the hard edge. Move to the next one. Agree. Oh, Timbo will just keep listening. <laughs> one, Tim. One. Body odor. Uh, Jack Hardy, outside of the finals wins, what was everyone's favorite game from the 2023 season? I've got two that come immediately to mind. No. Collingwood. Collingwood. And the Saints. And the Melbourne night when you, know, you had the women's uh, soccer penalty shootout at, at, concurrently with the beginning of it, it was a good night. Oh, the Matildas. Matildas, um, yeah. Yeah, no, the Port Adelaide because it signified that actually we are back in this season. Calling it Friday night was very good. Yeah. yeah. Evangelos. Took my son to the Gabba. What an experience. He's rusted on now. It's going to become infectious. It's awesome. has to be like that. I, I messaged Tez, uh, and I, I think it was after the Melbourne win, and when he um, recorded with us and he talked about, I've not seen... Mm. I've not seen great Carlton and all that yeah. sort of stuff, and the come from behind, the emotion, and the things that he touched on. That everything that he's heard, he said, mm. "I've never seen it. I never felt it. I can't wait till I do." And I just private messaged him and just said, "Now, now you see it. Now you understand it. Yeah. Is, isn't it fantastic?" Tim was able to cover up quickly. This was after he'd inadvertently sent Terry a dick pic. <laughs> Because, sorry, wrong chat. Sorry. <laughs> well, what a great night, Tez. I hope you really enjoyed it. Um, Joel, Joel Schultz, uh, who was the most improved for the season and who was the biggest disappointment for him? He had Chera as most improved. He had Lewis Young as disappointment. Yeah, that's a fair call. Um, I think Chera definitely, he was fantastic. Uh, absolutely wonderful season, which was great. Disappointing for me, and not in, in, a, in a personal sense, was just the, the Zach Williams news given how we wrapped up the year yeah. mm. and you just went, okay. The potential. All yeah. right. This is really important. This is a big in. And it, for me, it was disappointing. We just didn't get to see what that became. At all. Um, mm. So it's a bit – and I, I get the Lewis Young one because, look, I thought he started the year okay and then just fucking really fell off the – fell out of favour and off the radar. Yep. Um, Justin Lloyd, just thank you for a great season of podcasts. Helped me through the tough times, elevated the highs, superlative song selections. Found some great music that I'd missed back in the day. Heartfelt thank you. Thank you, Justin. Um, Brock Bowman, what's the off-season plans for both yourselves and the club? Well, the club? Oh, I don't know. Train? Train. <laughs> Sell some memberships. Fab's going to go into his summer hibernation. He's, work, mate. Just work, work, work. You know, work, my, work. I'm, you know what? I'm going to miss Tim. I'm going to miss over the next however many months. I'm going to miss the mad rush to pull together an episode <laughs> as quickly as I can, just so I'm ready whenever Fab's ready to go. I was ready to go at midday on Sunday. No, nah, I can't do it. Okay, we'll do tomorrow. Yeah, no worries. Can't do it. Okay, we'll do Tuesday night. Not a problem. Can't do it. <laughs> I was ready to go Sunday. I fucking worked. You know, the midnight oil burned it. I'm sitting there slaving over this episode to get it up. So to speak. So to speak. <laughs> and um, well, that's what I'm going to miss. So I don't know what Fab's going to do. He's probably just going to do nothing. Work. Um, work. You say that. Work. You say that. And work. Spring Carnival. Spring Carnival. I reckon, I, I've said it before. I Tim's reckon, Nuggets. I get reckon, on. Yes. I reckon Fab could accomplish <laughs> three months worth of workload in one solid, if he put in a solid eight hour shift. I think he could nah, you polish off <laughs> you three months worth of work. You have no idea. No idea. Um, and last one here, Josh. 
Do we need a really classy small slash mid forward? Or do we need two of them, is what he says? Or is it Cunners, Owies, Fog, Motlop, Durden, Honey again? Durden and Motlop, we've only seen the tip of the iceberg. Yep. Tip of the iceberg. Durden had a down year this year, ultimately. I don't. Um, He's one that I think needs to bounce back. I think he can, but he needs to bounce back. Yep. Um, To me, we're not going to get him, clearly. But So this is pointless, Tim. But the Nick Watson stuff is you're like, he's the perfect player for us. He absolutely is. But that's... Who the hell is Nick Watson? Eastern Rangers. Okay. He's he's like a one... Is he 170? Very, very small. He's he's very small, but super creative. Oh, unbelievably skillful. Yeah. Just fantastic. What's our first pick going to be? Like 20... Well, we have a first rounder. Yeah, 20-something. It'd be about about 20 after Mm. all the academy picks and all that sort of stuff. So and that's that's the shame of like if you're using the American model. So what's our official finishing third? Third. But what do we get pick wise? Don't we get? Isn't it the end of the home and away? No, no, oh. we finished third. So that sucks. Yeah, it does. But that's okay. So if you finish eighth, we're pick sixteen. And win the premiership, you have pick eight, don't. I don't know if I like that. Well, I don't think well, you care. Do you want to just want to play? No, but in the, in the <laughs> no, but, no, but just in the have sense this, of give me the first round. No, pick, but please, in, in the sense of uh, I know that makes doesn't sound like it makes any sense, but just in the sense that you're not. You haven't had you haven't finished first in the sense of the home and away season. You've had four good weeks at the end of the year. Well, it doesn't necessarily mean like the like the, the Bulldogs. Yeah, and, and that's the million dollar question is is how do you assess the performance of a team? You know, is the home and away just a prelude to it all starting again in finals and you know, if you are on top and you host finals and you get weeks off and all that sort of stuff, does that make you better? Well, it's something that you've earned, but does it Again, does it make you better? Mm. Not necessarily. So those that do perform in finals and you know get less of a draft pick as a result of it. No, well, the trade-off's clear. But it's just yeah. sort of, to me feels like ten teams have their draft selection qualified over twenty-two rounds, we, and eight teams have an extra four weeks. Some of them have four. an extra one week. Yeah, that's right. To determine their draft position. So everyone who contributed in the mailbox this year, very very big thank you to all of you. Um, excellent stuff. We love it. And uh, thanks to the community too because – That's what I'm saying. We get a lot out of it. Mm. <laughs> excellent. Thank you. Shout out. Individually. Oh, shit. We're, we're moving through it, Fab. We're moving through it. We're getting there. All right, Tim, are you ready? Maybe not. <laughs> Tim Davis, Chiwell at Dogvale. Lockie Neal was crowned the 2023 Brownlow medalist this week. There have been some 89 winners of the award since its inception. The first ever winner of the Brownlow medal was Geelong's Kaji Greaves, born on the 1st of November, 1903. What is Kaji's given name? Was it A, Edward? Was it B, Donald? Was it C, Colin? Or was it D, Richard? So Kaji was obviously a um, nickname. Nickname, very famous nickname. The Kaji Greaves Medal, of course, awarded BNF. to Geelong's BNF. Tim Davis has the look of a man who knows the answer. <laughs> for the and first I'm time I'm just ever. trying to work out how much I milk this, or just just give us the fucking answer, Tim. But I've got shit to do. The answer's A. Edward. Are you sure about that? Yes, Tim? I am. Are you positive? Yes. You don't want to converse with But C that might is. be for Colin and uh, no, could, just his dad's name might have been. It's, it's Edward. Are you sure about that, Tim? He's got a yes. sister who's bloody Geelong supporter. That doesn't fucking mean anything. So, Kaji Greaves, born on the 1st of November 1903. First ever winner of the Brownlow medal. It wasn't Richard. It's not 
Donald. <laughs> Don't drag me. I wanted in. it to be Donald. It's not Donald. Tim. Yes. You were very, very confident, and I'm very, 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 very pleased to say. You're right. Damn it. Ah, <coughs> oh, that's a shame. I'm that's just... basically what we don't want. No, it's not no, what we want. No, and I get it. I get it. He did it with the first one, with the Jesse Ventura as well. Yeah, I know, but that, yeah, and that was, it's one of those things, you either know it or you don't know it, so. It's like any question in life, Tim. Johnny Rainclouds. I got a, I got one. I've got a quick one. Give it to me. We didn't obviously have to deal with it in the end, but Ticket Tech, oh. pull your socks up. Um, oh, it's embarrassing. Why are you making this so hard? So Priority 1 members, however many there are, every team gets 17,000 tickets, club, club members. So however many – say you've, say Carlton make the grand final yep. and there are 10,000 Priority 1 members. Yep. Satisfy those allocations – First. Correct. With no, no, with you, you can't best, have a, With the best seats available. Yes, yes, but you can't also get, oh, I want to sit with my mate is category two. Or bad luck, you go in the category two. That's fine. They do ballot. that. But you go, that's fine. But just go, so we're going to do this. All of P1 is satisfied. Priority one members, all of them are satisfied. Everyone in P1 gets a seat. None of this standing room bullshit. Yeah. Everyone in P1 gets a seat. I said to dad... We pay thirteen hundred bucks a year for our memberships. If we had got standing room, I would have been fucking ropeable, yeah. absolutely ropeable, and I would have rung the club and said, "You're doing something about it. I don't fucking care where you get the seats from. This is ridiculous." So, best available seats. Yep, and, and obviously the problem, and I'm not excusing. And then sorry, but the then Tim, poor performance. P two priority two members. What's left? Yeah. And if there's anything left after that, P3. Yeah. And the other thing, why are people getting their tickets allocated on Saturday night? Wait. Yeah. Why are you in a hurry? Just wait. Get together a ticket tech on, on the Sunday and say, okay, what are we working through? We've got 11,000 Carlton Priority 1 members. Fantastic. Allocate them seats. Wonderful. That's done. Automated. That's done. We've got, got 12,000 Collingwood members who are Priority 1. Fantastic. Allocate them. Here they are. What have we got left? P2. Fantastic. And then a release and, it. And, and you could even announce it. You could say and then release it 14 on and a half thousand tickets have been taken up. There are That's now it. this many left. There are 14, X number of Carlton members have qualified yeah, of priority one. You are part one. of the ballot. There's so, your and then release it on Monday. Outside of the 34,000 allocated to... AFL members, AFL, uh, MCC members, and then obviously... How many get allocated to AFL members? Twenty. Uh, uh, Twelve and a half thousand or something like that. Really? And then there's the... Well, there's pre-bought ones, which is about... Yeah, I, I think in the end, maybe it was... Oh, there was a pie chart thing done. So what and, do you if, – if Carlton were in the grand final, what would you – would you go as a priority one or as an AFL member? Well, I had to make that decision because you put your name in the ballot you before the preliminary final. You know, what, you know what Tim did? Tim hedged his bets because he thought – No, no, oh, you can't. No, no, no. No, Tim went AFL because he thought we might not make it. But if I lodge as priority one Carlton, I can't go to the grand final if we don't play. Well, that's – that's exactly well, what you did. Why are you thinking about it? No, no, because the Because if you'd the, lodged as a party one Carlton member, you wouldn't have been able to go to the grand final this week, which you are. No, no, I could still do that because my AFL membership is null and void as a Carlton member. But the moment Carlton lost, my AFL membership becomes live again. But if I didn't go in as a Yeah, Carlton, but you wouldn't have gone in the ballot. You would have had to gone and you wouldn't have you had to go in the ballot in the first instance as a Carlton fan. Well that and that's what I did. Yeah. But the option that I would have, the, and Sean is actually right. 
if I had have made my decision to be an AFL member with Carlton competing support, mm. I get first crack of the AFL membership tickets if we win. Um, but I would it doesn't get automatically done in the background. Mm. I, I have to log on to the app and wait for it, the wheels 2023, to Twenty twenty-three. The whole thing about this Johnny Rainclad is the ticker tech have fucked it up. Just why, the big thing for me is and why it, were they in such, a hurry? It's such a simple fix. Why yeah. are they in a hurry? Well, Just take the Sunday to work through it methodically. And, and the thing that doesn't work is they release bays at a time and they fill the bay. So you can be a $1,300 member and you can get the back row in the first bay released. And then the last person that gets in is getting one ticket. There might be a spare seat on the front row of the last bay and they get that ticket because they're filling up the bays as they're going around. And that, to me, is the bit that sucks. And you know what I would do? So say you got M or Q in the top deck even. Say you got Q 25, 26, 27. If you want to be pedantic about it, and there is a level of, you know, Titanic, you know, half the people on the ship are going to die, not the better half. But there is a bit of that about it. P1 gets the front half of the bay. Yeah, that's right. That's up to up to row whatever. That, and P1 that's members what get I the think. front half of the bay. That, they can do that. They can do that. Called. They can do whatever they want. And it's but just they like don't. so. Hopefully, out of all this mess, there's some chats going on. There's some stern conversations, and it can be fixed moving forward. My big thing is why worry? Why why uh, hurry yourself? Sorry. Do it methodically. Do it patiently on Sunday. Yeah. Get everyone in ticket tech. Get do everyone. Do they still work do this it. stupid thing where the MCC could just turn up on the day? Uh, no I idea. think so. Get rid of it. Yeah, 2023. Pre, pre, I think even for big games. I think, I think you have a ticket, but it's general admission and there is an allocation that you can sit in. But it's first, but you, in, best first in best rest. So people are still queuing on Friday. For AFL night. Grand Final, you should have to pay I think there should $20. be categories, mate. I think there should be – for the MCC, there should be categorised tier one games that you actually have to register a ticket. Yeah. And you have to redeem a ticket. You can say, I'm coming. Yeah, and not have, turn up. And That's not, fine. But, but you have to register for a ticket. Because whatever well, you left, say, if you had 3,000 members left and, and you offered them to jilted Collingwood supporters, they would pay whatever and to yeah, get But in. you know what you do there? But put a bit of onus and say, we are giving you the entitlement. And if you don't take it up, that's fine. But this will actually go against your card that you redeemed a ticket and didn't use, and didn't use it. Going, you can return it to us and let us know you're not using it so we can give it or redistribute it. But we want the tickets fucking spoken for. Yeah. We want everyone who wants to come to the game to be able to come to the game. Yeah, I agree. Because it's, it's, it is... it's pretty simple. And if the MCC members are up in arms about that, you go and just turn up then. Yeah, but don't pay for a ticket that you don't sit in because mm. that's dumb. Yep. And it's to me that's actually the worst kind of I'm just um, I just wanna That's entitlement. Yeah, I just wanna take I wanna claim order. this ticket because I can. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, well, fuck. It's like what do you get out of that, really? Do you have a Johnny Raincloud, either of you? I, I had a funny moment yesterday. Whenever you do international travel and you go through immigration You've got and customs and all that sort of stuff. Three minutes. There was a dude, like, you know oh, when you're in customs. Generous. I was going to give him one. You've got everybody lining up, you know, snaking their way through this whole section, waiting to get in. There would have been 200 people in the line. Not crazy numbers, but anyway, some bloke walked up and he just lifted the... <laughs> like Oh, the, the ribbon. He, he lifted the ribbon to get his wife and his daughter in just to go ahead of it. And he was not – he was an international traveller because I saw where Were they, they – already – was someone already in the queue? Like was minding, 200 people. No, but like, no, no, no. no. no he just said, I, I will go through there because that suits me. Mm. And then a lady came across and said, no, no, no. And he was most disappointed that he was asked to go to the end of the line. It's sort of like, 
what a world that we live in that's that a, people just sort of think like, like all these sheep are queuing and so mm. like no no that's the process mm. and he stood there with his bad sunglasses on his head and all that sort of stuff and yeah I, I in the end it was actually quite a thrilling moment to see him it, it was to both the Johnny Rancler and, and a Jimmy, Jimmy Sunshine. Sunshine and a Jimmy Sunshine it looked like it was going Johnny Rancler and then in the end you know a bit of <coughs> bit of mob justice I turned am, it into uh, a Jimmy Sunshine as my wife tells me she thinks I should have been a police officer because I love a rule, I love a regulation, oh, I love a law. You, love it. you l- crave subjugation. You love order, it. Order. You do. Yeah, I do. It's the way I work. I think, there was, I think there was another Ultron line in Avengers. It was brewing. We said, you you people, you crave, you, you want to be ruled. You crave subjugation. And I was like, there's a lot of people out there who we, I don't want to make it political, but we lived through it with COVID. Well, religion. But religion no, we lived through it with COVID. Like where there, were, there was a section of the community which needed to be told what to do. To be told what to do. Yeah, correct. They needed it. They needed to be told you can't leave your house. You can't. They needed the rules. Even if the rules were onerous, over the top, unrealistic, unnecessary, they needed them. Yeah. Yep. I don't disagree. I'm not saying that I needed them, but I appreciated it that somebody was thinking about me. You need me on that wall. You want me on that wall. Excellent stuff. We're going to move now to the final Jimmy Sunshine. I have a Jimmy Sunshine. My Jimmy Sunshine is um, when bands that you like just release new music. Yeah. I just like it. Like So Blink-182 released some new songs last week. and you're like, cool. Like old songs or recent songs? No, like songs? they're new. You've got a new album. Yeah, and it's cool. like, oh, I, I need a prayer. I don't need these songs to be amazing, by the way. like Because mm. like... All the other stuff still exists. Like I don't need it, it to hasn't, be. They, they haven't taken them off the shelf. No, so like, these like ones could fit in. I, I don't. So. I don't need their, this new music to be as good, or I don't need it to, to think it's as good as it was when I first got introduced to the band, and that's what made me like the band. But it's always just fun when a band you like releases stuff because the flow and effect of that is you listen to the new songs and you kind of hear bits of other things, and then that sends you on a rabbit hole. And you, I've, I've spoken about it before, but you you listen to like. Tom's spin-off band Boxcar Racer and you, you know you, you might only listen to that album once every couple of years and you're like fuck that was really good it's a fucking good album yeah and you sort of just go back down the rabbit hole of listening to the other stuff the older stuff which you might not do for quite lengthy periods of time which is always good fun um, and I've also reached the stage of my life by the way where uh, I don't need any I don't need new bands I don't need new bands I don't need mm. new music in the sense of like I can't imagine there's a band that I've never heard of that are going to break through and, like, supplant a, a, an, an existing band I already like. I just, I'm just i just not in the market yep. for, for that. You know what I don't need? You two in this office anymore. Let's wrap this up. Well, I mean, you did, we did lose six minutes because you two idiots were fucking running late. So we, no, Jimmy Sunshine. I was here on time. I was oh, here on time. No, you're on the shitter. I didn't take a six-minute dump. You're on the crapper, though. You said be ready to roll at 10. Yeah, I know. but And I'll... you were in the office at five past. You don't have a Jimmy Sunshine, I take it? No. No? Yeah, you know when Fab's losing interest because he just goes real silent. He just starts <laughs> cutting off the conversation. Excellent stuff, indeed. Well, gentlemen, that brings us to an end for season 2023. It was absolutely fantastic. Don't touch me. Give you a fist bump. Um, it was absolutely fantastic. Good stuff. We really rode the highs and the lows. It looked like it was going to be a desperately sad end of the season, but full credit to the footy club for turning the nose up. We've had an absolute blast doing this it's been all been a year. fun ride. Let's do it again. Um, we'll probably do, as we usually do, like a trade or a draft wrap um, when that rolls around. 
Um, and then Steam's keys. It's Steam's keys. Sound like a prison warden. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Old, uh, yeah. My grandfather was a prison warden. It seems like something yeah. something your family would be into. Like, was he nice or was he, he like he operated the gate? Or was, was he was he a, was he a stern? Was he like what's got he shot? Jesus Christ! This this by an inmate. Inmate stole the gun of a guard and threatened my grandfather. Yeah. And said, "Let me out." And he said. Where are you going to go? Not unintelligent. No, 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 no. He said over my dead body, and he shot him, albeit in the leg. Um, won a valor medal for that, apparently. Well, okay. not, not apparently. He did win a valor medal for that. Yeah, interesting. Um, interesting stuff. Did the prisoner ask for the keys to be let out? Oh, I think. Did he, he say? After he shot him. He pinched the keys and then give got me the out. keys, you guts. <laughs> <laughs> That's still one of the best scenes in a movie ever. <laughs> Usual suspects. It's uh, Billy Baldwin. Yeah, it is Billy Baldwin. Who's uh, Justin Bieber's father-in-law. <laughs> who, who saw that <laughs> coming? Who would have thunk it? Do you reckon, do you reckon the Bieber family you know, sat there and watched you know, whatever and just thought, we're going to be – he's going to be a family member one day. <laughs> Billy Baldwin. <laughs> Billy Baldwin. Who was the, what was the other Baldwin? Billy? Obviously Alec. Yeah, he was in Sopranos. It, it was, was um, Willem. No, no, no. It was William. That's Billy. And that's Billy, and they're. Oh no! Sorry, I've, I've confused myself. I'm thinking of the. I'm thinking of Donnie Wahlberg. No, no, no. There's another. There, there is another one, there but I, I was. I was. He played the mob boss in. I'd confused Cleaver myself. in The Sopranos, a movie they made. Did he look like? What did he look like, Alec or Billy? Um, like a face bitch. more like Billy, but build more like Alec. Oh, like a hybrid. Yeah. Well, who would have thunk it? Like a brother, a, like a Prius. Yeah. A hybrid. Um, excellent stuff, gentlemen. We've had an absolute thrill, absolute ball doing this this year. We love all of our listeners who do tune in and get involved. Um, so stay, you know, we'll, we'll obviously stay active on Twitter and the like. So do keep in touch throughout the, the, the course of the off season. As I said, we'll do a like a trade draft thing. Will we? Um, yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah, we can talk And then it. last year's Christmas special was a fucking success. Yes. So we'll play it by year. Okay. But uh, maybe do it earlier than Christmas Eve, potentially. Uh, so anyway, for Tim Davis. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you for a good year. Go the Mighty Blues. Fabian Guadagnolo. Uh, I'd like to reiterate what Tim just said. Great year. Thank you very much to Sean for running the show. Tim for Driving us. Um, <laughs> Tim for being Thank- Tim. And uh, all our listeners for tuning in and interacting. It has been a ride. Go Blues, go Lions. What do we say? Thank we- you, Sean. You do a great Arrivederci, job Arrivederci, ragazzi. What do you say we do it again? Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Printer DJ's playing now. The Leonard Pulliam Memorial Printer DJ. Give us a not dead. hashtag <laughs> uh, if you want to guess the theme. We'll see you all again very soon. Thank you all. Go, boys. Well, I started out Down a dirty road Started out All of And the sun went down As across the hill And the town lit up The world got still I'm learning to fly But I ain't got wings Coming down Is the heart The good old days may not return.
rocks might melt And the seed may burn Thing. I'm learning to fly 